The Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by The Fleshlight. If you go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for The Fleshlight and then enter in the code name Rogan, you will get 15% off the number one sex toy for men. Brian has used it. I've used it. I've given them away on the show. It's a solid product. It, it seems silly and you don't want to get caught with one, but it's way better for getting rid of some loads that you want to get rid of. All right? Good. We're also brought to you by Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Onnit.com, makers of Alpha Brain, the cognitive enhancing supplement that both Brian and I love and use. We're also, uh, we also make uh, New Mood, which is a 5-HTP supplement, 5-HTP and L-tryptophan, and one more, which is Shroom Tech. Shroom Tech is based on the cordyceps mushroom, which is it's an endurance enhancing supplement. And as I always say, if you're interested in this stuff, but you think it costs too much money, go steal the ingredients. It's readily available online. Make your own batch and do it yourself. And good luck. And I truly hope you do that. And if you enjoy it and you do that, holla at me. Let me know. But if you want to buy them, go to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. And we have a 100% money back guarantee. 100%. If you don't think it works, you don't like it, whatever, just get your money back. All right? We're good? Yes. And let the jingle begin. Oh, Joe, go to JoeRogan.net, click on the on it link, enter in the code name Rogan, and you'll get 10% off. Oh, sweet bitches. Shane Smith's in the house. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Just doesn't feel like an official show unless you hear that stupid song. Oh, you're getting crafty with that left right ear. I like how you did that. Crazy, bro. Shane Smith's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. This guy, this one guy in front of us right now, I have probably enjoyed your online videos more than anything I have ever watched online, and that is the God's honest truth. Amen. I've been turning people on to you for a long time, man, and I, I, I don't remember which was the first one that I saw. Somebody sent a link to it on the message board. I don't remember which it one was it was. the advice guy to travel. Uh, the Might have been Thailand. Mine was. That. It was you chilling in a bathtub with some lady boys, yes. and I was like, "This dude's a bad motherfucker." He's got a big smile on his face, and he's chilling in the bathtub with these lady boys. And, yeah. and then, of course, I saw the the Liberia one, and then I'm like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" And then I started going, "These these guys are fucking nuts, man. They're just going to the weirdest situations, and they're giving you like a real take on it. It seems like people you know went to Liberia and saw the situation and and broke it down intelligently. But it seems like people you know. Whereas, like, if I watch a 60 minutes piece on Liberia and they send a correspondent, I don't know that dude. Right. I don't know that dude. You know, the difference with what you guys are doing is. Whether, whether it's Hamilton Morris doing drugs or whether it's, you know, you going somewhere or your boy just went to the Congo. I feel like those are re- regular people. Those aren't, they're not bullshit artists. Right. I'm not getting that. That's a rare thing, man. Well, that's the, uh, that's the um, I don't know how to call it. That's good right here. there. That's right. That's the, uh, the th- we call it immersionism where we don't really have a, a story before we go. Like, for example, Liberia started as an article in the mag, which was General Butt Naked in the Tupac Army. Because they had stolen a container, like a ship with a container, and the container that had uh, Tupac Shakur t-shirts, right? And so it became the uniform of the army. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So that's right up Vice's alley. We're like, wow, that's freaky. And right. And weird. So <clears throat> we didn't really have a story, but when we went there, we just started hanging out with all these warlords. And, they, and each one would tell you a story that was worse than the next. And, and everyone, they're like, oh, yeah, we all ate flesh. And how many people have eaten, you know, human flesh in Liberia? Oh, 70%, you know. 
85% of the women have been raped. Like, it's just, it's like such a shocking thing. And you're just talking about cannibalism all the time. It's just a given. Oh, yeah, no problem. They used to eat people in the, in the, in the presidential palace. Fuck. And and you're sitting there going, and not just people, babies, children. They would steal people's babies. Yeah. So the well, butt naked, the guy that we spent a lot of time with. They believe that if they split the back of a living, innocent child open and take out the still beating heart and eat it, that they couldn't be uh, hurt in battle. Oh my god! So they would, and they would fight naked. So they would. That's why it's called general <laughs> butt naked. So they would eat the heart, drink the blood. And then take off all their clothes and then just run into battle shooting the shit. And this guy's still alive. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing that he tells this story. Like, you, you, wouldn't you want to keep that secret? Well, he's, a, he's now named Joshua Blahi, and he's a, he's a, a preacher. And they had a tribunal, uh, a council, to sort of see all the war crimes and stuff. And he admitted to sort of killing, you know, and eating, you know, you know 25,000 to 30,000 people. Oh, my God. And... Uh, but they they said, oh, you're a you're a preacher now, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, well, it's okay then. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. In 2011, in the world, in the earth that we live on, mm-hmm. that's actually going down. Someone has killed 25,000 people and yeah. eaten babies, yeah. but it's okay now because you're in a cult. Yes. That's a great cult to be in, man. I would say that's a good one to join. If you're in a situation where you've eaten about 20,000 people and you're like, fuck, I need a way to not go to jail. How do I explain this? Yeah. Oh, I'm a preacher now. Yeah, oh. he's a, he's a, you know, he was a, a priest in the Crown tribe before, which is they believed in human sacrifice. And he was fighting on the sort of, on the, on the Liberian side, the Crown side against the sort of American-sponsored side. And um, so he had been, you know, a ritualistic cannibal before. Jesus. And then there was not a lot of food during the Civil War, so people just started eating bodies for food. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So would they hunt people and eat them? No, they're, they're, I mean, I'm sure. There's enough people dying. Like, there's a lot of dead people just lying around. Wow. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking crazy place on earth. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, like, Mad Max wasn't that bad, yeah. right? Like, pe- what people are worried about with, like, Mad Max... That like living in Thunderdome, that's not as bad. Yeah. I would way rather live in Thunderdome <laughs> yeah. than Liberia. Two men enter, one man leave. It seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. I would li- rather you know? live in Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that sounds completely <laughs> insane. And yeah. Liberia started out as a U.S. slave colony, right? No, it was uh, actually they they took freed slaves and, and they, they brought them back to Africa. They brought them back to Africa, yeah. and they called it Liberia for freedom. And uh, Monrovia, the capital, is named after President Monroe. And they wrote the Constitution in America, and then they brought the freed slaves over, and then the slaves promptly enslaved the native Africans <laughs> using the plantation method that they had learned in America. Oh, my God. And so for the next sort of 150 years, the American Liberians, so they would have names like Charles Taylor, for example, or very sort of westernized names, would sort of, you know, had enslaved the sort of locals until the guy named Samuel Doe, who was a... Uh, an African Liberian uh, over t- overthrew the government, and that started a civil war. And then Charles Taylor, who was educated here in America, um, you know, went after him, and that's when all this cannibalism and lunacy started. And Charles Taylor now is uh, on trial or being convicted of war crimes and crimes against humanity. But all the other generals, like Butt Naked and Bin Laden and Rambo, <coughs> they're all still there, just sort of hanging out. In, in Liberia. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. 
How, when did it be, when was it established as a country? So it was established uh, in the 1840s. It so slavery was made illegal in 1865? Is that what it yeah. was? So it was, it was sort of, you know, re- repatriated slaves from the north, and then when they outlawed slavery, they would keep going. So I think it was made wow. an actual international state in the 1860s, and then it was, it was sort of American um, sort of run. It was, it was our sort of quasi foray into colonialism and in Africa in, in Africa and then it turned into a, it turned into a complete and utter disaster holy shit you want to talk about there's no way to make anything worse is there a <laughs> way is there a worse spot on earth no that sounds like the worst spot on earth yeah yeah I mean when you're in there's a place called West Point which is the the sort of slum of Monrovia which by like it doesn't have electricity grid Monrovia the city or water or anything but there's a bad part yeah, <laughs> it's Imagine all bad. That. It's, it's all, like a slum. It's all bad in, in hell. It's all bad, but hell has but, a slum. But there's 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 this one part called uh, um, I just forgot what did I just say? West Point. It's uh, called West Point, and you go there, and it's I mean, it's shocking. It's you know, eight, nine, ten year old kid just smoking heroin. You know, you know, slashes across, milky eyes everywhere. You know, stumps everywhere. All these people have fought in wars. Prostitution is just everywhere. Drugs is everywhere. And there's just shit in the streets. There's no, like, it's just, it's literally chaos. It's, it's, it's worse than chaos. You're like, well, even in Mad Max, there would be some, yeah, there would be some, you know, two men enter women. There'd be some law. There'd be some sort yeah. of. Border town. Yeah, something. Yeah. But there's none. It's just fucking crazy. Wow. Like, it's just, it's, it's full on. And, and, and you can't fix that because those people are fucked. They're programmed that way. They're like wild dogs that want to eat people. Well, the thing is, is they, what I don't you know understand. What I mean? like, well, you can't grow, fix a wild dog that wants to eat people. Most of them were child soldiers, so they've grown up just killing yeah. the shit out of people their whole lives. And so this is what I understand is, you know, kill, 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 kill. Okay, stop. And then they don't give them any money or jobs. Unemployment's at 75%. So there's these dudes who have one skill, which is to kill people. They don't have any jobs, and they're just sort of sitting around starving. You're like, well... <clears throat> <laughs> they're just going to start fighting again. And that's why what all the generals said is like one of the guys, Rambo, was like, I am a product of war. I'm a son of war. What do you expect me to do? You know, that's all I know how to do. That has got to be the craziest place on earth. <clears throat> it's amazing just even thinking about it, thinking that that's possible, that humanity can slip in, in the same, you know, time frame as you and I sitting yeah. in this, you know, this room with air conditioning and this, yeah. this broadcasting, this signal that's going out to hundreds of thousands of people well, all over the world. Well, this is the future. There's just like a million <laughs> mini cams. But yeah. this, is like, this is like post-Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is like the Mad Max of, 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 of podcasting. Of podcasting. Yeah. yeah, this is like uh, the studio where the dude who made those uh, replicants and... Blade Runner, yeah. it's like where he would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last like of the V8 interceptors. So that's got to be th- as bad as things can go. I mean, you can't think of anything worse. Cannibalism, yeah. smoking heroin in the street as a baby, yeah. everyone's missing arms and yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, that really, it has to be the worst humanity can get. And it coexists with this. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The, w- the one story, you know, we were going to church uh, where Butt Naked was going to uh, preach and the one story that freaked me out the most was we went to the cemetery in the downtown, you know, the, of Monrovia. And um, <clears throat> there's all the graves were empty and, and they had been opened up. And what had happened is no one had anywhere to live. So they opened up the, the graves, you know, took out the skeletons and just lived in the graves. About 4,000 people were living in the graves, right? 4,000 people. Just living in the graves. 
And then, so, but he's telling me the story and he's saying, you know, I was taking the bus back from Guinea and I was going and, you know, I got off the bus and they had sort of, you know, cooked sticks of meat. And so he had it and he goes, oh, this is human flesh. And because uh, he knows what human flesh tastes like because he ate a lot. So he goes to the guy and he says, excuse me, you know, I'm general but naked, but, you know, I'm now converted. Um, that you're someone selling this meat as, you know, beef or whatever, but it's actually human flesh. And uh, they said, you know, it's human flesh. And he's like, well, because I ate human flesh a lot before. And so as he's telling me the story, I'm just like, all of that is, is just an aside. The, 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 the punchline was when he said, oh, they were actually stealing cadavers, you know, from the hospitals and just cutting them up and making, you know, meat for the, for the buses that go through the border. But so that's the punchline. But meanwhile, <laughs> like I'm sitting in this graveyard which had 4,000 people living in the graves, and he's telling me, well, I knew it was human flesh because, you know, I ate it a lot. And you're sort of sitting there going, wait, th all the givens of telling this joke or this story, e every given is like, okay, so we're living in a cemetery, we're eating human flesh, and then I found out that they're grave robbing to make, you know, kebabs in the street, and you're sitting there going, Christ. at that point, you're just going, okay, I mean, just any kind of aside, any story, and you're just sitting, you're all, you're at the end of humanity, like we're all fucking doomed, you know? It, that is the low point. It's yeah. it's got to be. It's the lowest point on earth. Why does it not get more press? Why is that not like a bigger? Like I watched your thing on the Congo, and yeah. th that really fascinates me because now people are, are at least sort of forced to be paying attention to mm. that part of Africa because it's the source of all the minerals that we mm. need for electronics, and people are starting to realize that. And I didn't realize it until fairly recently. I I I, I wrote a a message board uh, post asking people like is there a way to get a karma free cell phone that was yeah, the question no, no. like is there a cell phone where you yeah. can go i don't feel bad about buying this no no one no one had to work slave yeah. labor there's no child labor involved but there's not there's not coltan is it only it's like tanzanite you know it comes from you know one or two places in the world and the biggest i think 85 percent or 90 percent of it comes from congo which is the most fucked up country next to liberia or maybe even more and they've been having just a raging civil war uh, where, you know, they take, again, they kidnap people and turn them into child soldiers and stuff. Um, and all of that is just to get coltan, which is what they need to make tablets or cell phones or what have you. So if you have an iPad or a, a BlackBerry, then guess what? You, you know, you're helping sponsor, uh, you know, with the longest running civil war. And I think it's now, I think it's the seventh bloodiest war in history. Wow. Yeah, but what my thought was like, if this was happening in France, yeah, this would be goddamn front page news well, every day of the week. It's it's racist. It's, it's weird. Yes. It's yeah. you know, well, it really is like really out front. I yes. mean, that's like as out front and racist as you can get. I think it's uh, definitely there's 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 you know a race issue there. It's also I think that there's a bit of Africa fatigue um, because you know it's always that's heavy. An interesting way to put it. It's always heavy. It's always you know. And I've been going to Africa for a long time. We do stuff for one, and, you know, what they're doing there is really positive and really good. And there's lots of good stuff going on. But uh, there's also, I mean, you know, <clears throat> there's really bad stuff going on. And, and, and I guess people, like, after a while, it's the same thing, too. People are, like, listening to Iraq and listening to Iraq. And then all of a sudden someone says, well, 50 people died in a, you know, traffic bomb today. And people go, oh, well, because they've heard it so many times before. Yeah. And so I remember the first time I went to Sudan, um, you know, we got quite a big scoop <clears throat> when we went there because everyone was saying it was racial. You know, it's Arab on black, Arab on black. And when we went there, they're like, we're all black. 
I mean, it's, they just want the oil. They did this exact same thing in the South. They killed 2 million people, displaced 5 million, all for the oil. And now they found oil in Darfur, and they want to kick everybody out. It's very simple. And no one had reported on that it was about oil. No one. Not anyone in the Western press. Al Jazeera had done one story on it. And it was all race, 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 race. And you're like, it's about oil. <laughs> like, you know, they, that, that the, the whole Darfur, Darfur conflict is about oil. So anyway... Um, it's it's weird what happens in Africa and the press uh, and how it doesn't really cover it. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Watching your Congo documentary made me think, you know what, this is the only documentary I've ever watched on the Congo outside of ones that go deep into the wildlife. Sure, yeah. You know, what, what a lot of people don't know about the Congo is it, it was uh, grasslands to, mm. for fairly recently, mm. and then it filled in with jungle, and it's mm. like one of the, the strangest ecosystems in the world. Yeah. It's the place where they have that, that one gigantic chimpanzee. Yeah, Do you yeah. know about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, were they, did you, have you ever been? Have you gone to the Congo? I've been to the Congo, yeah. But did you actually go in? You actually went yeah. into the jungle? Yeah, yeah. And oh. Yeah. The <laughs> fuck well, is that like? The first, time, the first time we went, you know David Cho? Do you know that guy? David Cho. He's an artist. He's like, a, he's like a famous graffiti artist, and then he became a, a, a sort of fine artist or whatever. Okay. He's a really good artist, a cool guy. He does a series for us called um, Thumbs Up. And he hitchhiked across America. Jesus Christ. And then he hitchhiked across uh, China. And <clears throat> I think he's hitchhiking across North Africa next. But anyway, uh, he went because there's the like German Zoological Society, the National Geographic Society, and all these people are looking for this dinosaur deep in the middle of the Congo. Oh, this I've part, heard of that. There's this part that nobody's ever really gotten into, and only the pygmies can go through, and they all speak in, to each other in song, and no one can understand them. And he was trying to get to the pygmies. He was trying to get to see the dinosaur because he believes the dinosaur exists. And so when he went in there, it just sort of gets harder and harder and weirder and weirder and weirder. And then people are making, oh, you want to see the dinosaur? You want to see the dinosaur? And they, they make him drink this fucking potion. And then they come out all dressed as dinosaurs, but like in <laughs> palm fronds and shit. And he's like hallucinating, going, well, what the fuck is going on? You know? and so so he, didn't, he didn't get in to see the dinosaur because he went crazy before that. But that's sort of like, that's sort of like the Congo. Like it's, it is the heart of darkness. The, the, the deeper you get into it, it just gets freakier and freakier and weirder and and just you know you can't even like for example you know again to go back to your Mad Max thing you think that there's going to be some sort of rule some sort of warlords will come up with some sort of law or something you know Barter Town has to have a fucking law there's no law like it's chaos it's just it's like ah there's a thing I'll eat it you know there's something kill it you know like and Fuck. and and you know it's just it's staggering like it's it's literally chaos is that what happens anarchy. to people when well, you this leave is them it. alone this is it if you scratch this is why religion you know i was driving here and there's all these churches and i was thinking about it i was like they have these churches and religion and society and laws and all this stuff because left to our own devices man we are bad we're just like we're chimps. bad kill it fuck it and eat yeah. it we're just like chimps yeah. i mean that's really what the problem is we're like 96 whatever percent chimps this, yeah. ch this chimp in the Congo has been fascinating to me because it's a, it's a giant chimp. It's yeah, like yeah. six feet tall. Yeah. They have pictures of it walking upright, and they kill leopards. Yeah, yeah. They have a video of one eating a fucking leopard. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, the locals call them lion killers. They have yeah. two words for chimps, tree beaters and lion killers. Right. And they get gray hair, and their backs stick up like so, a dog when they get excited. Yeah. Like, what a wild fucking animal, man. That's a That's, real animal. They know it exists. They have, yeah. they have uh, fecal matter samples. Yeah. They have DNA, tissue, hair, video, pictures. Yeah. They know, like, this is a real, legit chimp. 
and they can't get to it. It's yeah. too fucking far into crazy town. <laughs> you know, you'd have to you'd have to hike a month into the jungle, you know, <laughs> to get to this one fucking pack of who knows how many of these things are left, and who mm-hmm. knows how many of those, you know, in, in the conflict, who knows how many of those have been killed? Because there's a big picture of one of them that you can see if you look up uh, Bondo Ape online mm-hmm. and look in the photo section of Google, there's one where there's these two dudes that look like, you know, regular size guys, you know, 150, mm-hmm. 160 pounds, and they got this giant dead chimp, mm-hmm. and they killed it in the Congo. They yeah. shot it. Yeah, and it's, they're like one arm around one of them. I mean, the thing looks fucking huge. It looks like it's 300, 400 pounds. <laughs> And these guys are sitting there posing with it with I a think big bullet another, hole in I his think chest. there's another sponsor of the show. It's like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's coming. All blue. It's coming, July man. 15th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 3D. Well, it's just fascinating to me that this can exist. This, you know, Pasadena can exist at the same time as yeah, the Congo. For sure. And it's all on the same timeline. I mean, that's yeah. a, I mean, if you look at historical timelines, how many times has this existed before when, you know, when Atlantis was around? What the fuck was the rest of the world like? Right, you know, right. are there just, is that humanity? Are we just shining spots and then just everything else, just a full spectrum all the way down to Congo? Yeah, it's uh, it, when you when you take away any sort of rules, when you take away shit, we are bad, bad people. That's why people, as they get older, become Republicans. <laughs> right? Yeah, because what afraid. it is. They start, you know, like, they start understanding human nature. And don't they go, let the Whoa. children come knife you, me. You fucking people need discipline. Don't let them put a knitting needle in my liver. Yeah, show me a man who's a young man who's not a liberal, and I'll show you a man with no heart. Show me an old man who is not a conservative, and I'll show you a man with no brain. Right, right. There you go. It's, there's a certain element of human nature. I don't yeah. know who, who said that, but there's a certain element it's of good, human good, nature. Good it is a good quote. quote yeah. yeah, I don't remember who wrote it, though. You're supposed That's to remember right. it's, it's much more authentic. You just, authentic. Say, just say, you know. <laughs> Some smart dude. Yeah, no. I don't know who actually said this one. And then you actually sound. Left to our own devices. But I wonder if that's going to change now because of the Internet. I wonder if, uh, you know, we think about how, how, what a short period of time it's been around since, you know, the mid-90s mm. to now. You know, that's a, it's a blip in human history. And yeah. The dissemination of information is so much easier now. I wonder if that's going to change things. I wonder if that's going to. You know, spread well, you know. the better life or spread the idea of the better life across the world. Because, like, do they have the do they have the internet in the Congo? No. Nothing. No. Shit. No. no. Cell phones? Not really. No. No. Wow. No. Holy shit. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's weird because you know I was in Libya uh, during the revolution and and. They all had cell phones, and that's how they were communicating, and that's how they did it. Actually, they did a lot of their organization through Twitter and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> but they were still pretty f- hardcore. <laughs> like it, it was just a tool. It didn't. It wasn't changing anything for the better. It was just making them more efficient. Well, I guess not for the better because I I think that it was essential in 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 sort of Arab Spring, you know, to have ways of communication that the government couldn't shut down. But uh, didn't they know. eventually wind up killing the whole internet? They, 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 they did, yeah. <clears throat> they did, but uh, they opened uh, sites that you could get through through dumb phones even. Oh. Yeah, and then the rebels freed up the the cell phone towers so that people could communicate. <sighs> yeah, but wow. they did. They, the, Egypt shut down the whole internet. When you see that and then you come back to America and you see Occupy Wall Street, yeah. do you, what, do you, what do you think? Do you like, oh, shit. Do you guys know what the rest of the world is like? What are you going to do? Are you going to shut this thing down? I think Occupy Wall Street is funny. We did a lot of stories on it. Um, you know, just because, you know, I always say uh, Europe gets up my nose because their politics is kind of like first year university. It's, it's like they read a book, you know, <laughs> and so therefore I know politics. But uh, American politics is like 
high school, you know, and so there's a, they're like, well, we just want to, you know, the rich people should give more to the to the poor people, and everyone should just share it more. And you're like, well, that's redistribution of wealth. That's communism. <laughs> that's yeah. each according to his own according to his own. And you, and you sit there and say, well, if you're taking money, if the state gets to take money from everyone and decide who gets it. Well, you can just look at the Soviet Union or, or China before they became the most capitalist country on earth. So is that what you're saying? Yeah. You, you want communism? No, we don't want that. We just want it to be nicer. We want it to be fair. And so yeah, you hear I would, the, why I, do you need all that money? But I would when be, I I'm would, just looking for a job. Right. Why do you need? I would be more. Number? I would be more into it for sure because I like chaos and I like riots and stuff. <laughs> I like no. But during a destratification, like we're a young new media company, so. During destratification of power, you get in, you know. So, so you right. like chaos. Chaos is what we what we feed on, what makes us. Do you worry about your safety when you go into these situations? N- not really. Really? Uh-uh. Do you just get hammered and fucking plow through? Like, how do you how do you deal with being in Libya in the moment of? It's not really scary until you see it in the edit room, you know. Like it's wow. it's it's just you're there. You know how it is. You fly in somewhere, and you're kind of amped. And then shit happens, and people start shooting, and you're talking to dudes, and they're going, and we're going to fucking kill those guys. And you're like, oh, just thinking, like, what am I going to ask this dude next, you know? Right. And then, like, you get the shot of the shooting or whatever the fuck it is. Jesus Christ. And then you're just there and, like, fuck it, we need to eat something. What are we going to eat? And I've got the shits, and i got to go, you know. And you're just, and then get the fuck out, go, go, go. And then you're just on a plane, and then you just collapse because you're tired. And then when you actually watch it in the edit suite, you're like, oh, fuck. That was a bit hairy. Yeah, I was hanging out with a cannibal. Yeah. Well, actually, I was just in Siberia, and uh, that was actually, we, we, it was really, we, had, we got really fucked up. And uh, it's a long story, I'll tell you, but, but uh, I realized then that was one, because it was so, Siberia is so big, it takes like two days to get anywhere. So when you're running, you have time to reflect on everything and why you're there and all this stuff. And we were running across Siberia in this sort of smuggler's route, and... Um, and then I was a bit scared because I'm like, like the FSB were after us. Who's the, now the KGB? The militia were after us. Like the, the the local police were after us, and the North Korean sort of thugs were after us. Jesus Christ! Why were they all after you? So we broke this story. Um, it's gonna we're gonna put it out in our my new HBO show. But uh, so I did. I went to North Korea twice, and then uh, I did two documentaries in North Korea. And they became, I had like 250 million video views or something. It was like a big internet thing, and we won a bunch of Webbies. And so that was one of my big documentaries. So I've been fascinated with North Korea ever since. I watched the thing on North Korea. It was amazing. Thanks. And so, but you never really get to talk to North Koreans, right? And so I'm like, I'd like to just fucking talk to these guys and see what the real deal is. Like, because everyone you talk to there is just like, Kim Jong-il is God, and, you know, Kim Il-sung is God, and everything's great, and we love it here. So we heard about these slave labor camps where Kim Jong-il is exporting his people to become slaves or he'll arrest them or he's taking concentration camps within North Korea and, he, and he, he, he sends them to Siberia out in the middle of fucking nowhere and they do like logging and mining and shit for 10 years for no pay and then they pay Kim Jong-il and then Kim Jong-il you know supports his regime with that money so he's he's selling slaves uh, oh shit yeah big story <clears throat> and so we went to siberia and uh it's really hard to get there <laughs> i came in through china and then into kabarovsk and then i was just taking like train after train after train after train like two-day train after two-day train after two-day train and then you finally get out in the middle of nowhere and it's all north korea like they built it to look like north korea siberia in siberia yeah 
And so it's Russia, and and so they, but they have these like little North Korean towns with just North Korean writing, and North, and some of the the people, the North Koreans, they don't actually know that they're not in North Korea. They what think, they think they're in North Korea, <laughs> but they're in Siberia. What? Yeah. Wow. So anyway, holy shit. So so right. So we have so we broke this story. No one else has done it yet, except for the guy uh, who was with us, Simon Atrosky, who 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 did it in Russia, and he's you know he's freaking out because they're they're making they're making. Uh, uh, so they, they do Larch, which goes to make like basically every like desk or computer table in the world. So everybody has this furniture, Ikea or everywhere. And um, uh, it's all done by slaves. Oh, my right? God. North, North Korean slaves. But, you know, we heard you could actually go talk to them, you know, because it's not in North Korea and they can't do anything. Uh, to you know, to you know, so if you can talk. To so them. they're just trapped by location. There's no way to get out of there because there's, there's no, no way, way to, to get out. There's no way to get out. But uh, uh, they're trapped. Well, they have they have like their own you know security and police and. and so you're not allowed to leave. You no no you're not. You allowed. are a, a, no. an actual slave. Yeah yeah yeah. Holy shit! So so, they, so we went there. What and, percentage do you think believe it's North Korea? You know, we talked to a bunch of people there. Um, uh, when we finally talked to the North Koreans, and uh, it was pretty interesting because y- y- you know you don't get to talk to to them in North Korea, and there they were saying we're here to work for the for the for the motherland, and you know we're we're trying to increase our, our our standard of living, and we're trying to make things better in the country. We're trying to help the hunger, which is really interesting because they'll never say that in North Korea. Everything's perfect in North Korea. The rest of the world is fucked, and so they're actually saying North Korea is fucked. We're here to try to alleviate the, you know, the, the suffering of our people. So now you've already got insight into the real people know that it's fucked. The real people know that you know, there's no food, the real people, whereas they don't say that. You never hear that anywhere else in North Korea. But anyways, uh, I don't know the percentage. I mean, we talked to a few people who were like, you know, why are there sort of American imperialists here in our country? We're like, well, we're in Russia. <laughs> you know, like, so wow, it was fucked up. Wow. But anyways, so, the Russians So they were after you for what? Well, the reason? Russians didn't want So we went to this place. We weren't supposed to go there. There's no cops up there. It's so far away. So but there's some mob dudes and so we met the mob dudes and the mob dudes were taking us around. They were super nice. And um they took us around so the, the North Koreans couldn't fuck with us too much cuz we were with the mob. And then uh so we we get on the train to go back to sort of civilization and all the North Koreans got on. And then when we got to the next sort of town, there was the FSB, it was the XKGB the militia, the local police, and then these thugs that the North Koreans worked with. And they all came after us. And, like, Simon Atrosky, I got to say, he's fucking, that's a real hero because he, the FSB was like, you're coming with us. And, we're, and Simon's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. And he had these sort of uh, Russian Federation sort of press credentials that he had made up for us. And he's going, the Ministry of Propaganda knows that we're here. We are totally allowed to be here. You're not allowed to do anything. You have to call the ministry in Moscow. And he was, like, really, you know, being tough with these guys. These guys are, like, bad boys you know kgb types and so he wouldn't go anywhere with them so while they went to call and the fsb guys we said well we're going to go check into our hotel we went to go check into our hotel and then did a like we went behind the thing and jumped into another car that we had called so we jumped like we did a running jump where we just chucked our shit into another car then the other car went out and then we met another car at the edge of town and went out but there's no real roads in siberia it's only the the um the railway the trans-siberian so we're like, if we get on, if we jump the, the train, they're going to know we're just going to get us at the next stop. So we had to drive in this Jeep, like across Siberia with no roads, like in through ruts and hunting tracks and shit. Holy to, to shit. The, to the Chinese border. How long did it take? 
two days. <laughs> and we got to the Chinese border. There's this little known place called, not Kabaros, but I'll remember it later. But there's, it's sort of half in Russia, half in China. And in between, there's an island. And it's like a mega sort of trading, sort of shitty mall thing where you can just buy like Chinese products and people go and trade. And there's no real border. So we, we knew about that because we'd hang out with the mob and the mob told us that's how they smuggle shit. So we went to this little mall thing and you just walk in on one side, you're in Russia, and walk out the other side and you're in China. And that's how we got out. Otherwise, we would have been fucked. <sighs> Did they talk about the machine when you were there? <laughs> the mob? No. Inside joke. Uh, so but yeah, the, the, we, we hung out with the mafia dudes and the mafia dudes were awesome. They're the guys who told us about the smugglers' road to get out. They're the guys who told us how to get across the border. They're the guys who saved us from the North Koreans and from the FSB. What is this smugglers' route like? Is it like all just dirt, like, bumpy yeah, roads? Yeah, exactly. Just going 20 miles an hour the whole way? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. And like hunting tracks. And, and what about and gas? They, 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 they carry it. They so brought they, it all with yeah, them. Yeah, that, it's like Mad Max. They have a big uh, uh, fuel tanks in the back. Christ. Yeah, it's fucking hardcore. It was wow. Hardcore. That's as hardcore journalism as journalism yeah, gets. Yeah, we and actually the piece. It's funny because it took so long to get there that we're just on the train forever. So we're just getting wasted on the train, and <laughs> it starts off really sort of stupid. Like I was saying, Heart of Darkness. It was like you know when you go into the Congo, as you go into Siberia, it just gets weirder and weirder and drunker and drunker. And so dudes are just like literally blind drunk and fucking like there's people doing murders on the train. They have cops. And Jesus like Christ. No, it's crazy. Like it's to- and you can see it like you see it on the uh, in the on the footage. I don't know. If we have any. Did we bring that footage? Yeah, I, I got the footage right here. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Pull some of that shit up. I got to see this. And this is this the stuff that's going to be in the HBO show? Yeah. Uh, which one should I play first? Do you know or just I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything. But play Siberia if they have it. Oh, wow. you guys are like super tech. <laughs> it's him, not me. Wow. Um, this is like the Road Warrior of love. Which one was it? I'm. I love it here. I'm not. I don't want to leave. Dude, we can't read that. Uh, let's see. Are they labeled? Yeah, it says this is North Korea. Well, that's North Korea. Well, we can show North Korea. North Korea is fucked. Well, let's see the Siberia one because that's what we were just talking about. Right. Yeah. Labor games create. Didn't say Siberia. It says port bombing rebels. What would it be labeled? Nokio. I think it. Noco. Noco. Okay. Noco. Okay. Maybe. No. Noco slave camps. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Bombing Liberia. There's Billy the fish. We finally found our North Koreans deep in the bush and we're busy talking to them when things started to get a bit hairy. Yeah, these guys are coming back here. The dude with the crowbar is coming back. <laughs> he says, what is that, your off switch? <laughs> He says, I use it for fixing tractors. I like the fish more and more. He took the crowbar from him and said, what is that, your off switch? <laughs> that dude was a mob came back. Now they're him. giving Mr. Kim shit. And they're quite angry. So that's just when we had first met the North Koreans and they end up surrounding us there and we can't leave. 
and then the fish takes out his shotgun. The, f- the fish was the most awesome dude ever. He's he's like the local mafia dude, just with all gold teeth and like a Adidas tracksuit. And he's just like, "This is Russia. You can't fuck with me." Oh, there's another, there's another one. I don't know what that one is. Stepan. Dipkun, Russia. This is yeah. Tr- the middle of the forest. This is a logging camp run by North Koreans. You can see there's a North Korean flag and North Korean propaganda in here. There's some North Koreans waving at us over there. All this wood is going to England. When we get off this train, (laughs) we're going to go out into the camps where they actually log out in the middle of Siberia. Holy fuck. Freaky, freaky business. This is like four four hours, four days from anything. And all of a sudden, you just got trees, 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 trees. North Korea. (laughs) Wow. North Korea camp, North Korea camp, North Korea camp. And then when we got off, they were really not happy to see us. They were How really did you find out about all this? This dude, Simon, is, you know, he's a Russian journalist, and he had heard that Russians couldn't get jobs in, in, in the Far East because of slaves. And he was like, what? So he went out and checked it out. But no one had really ever done the story except for him. He just did it on a, um, on a, on a, on a small program there. And then he, he, he didn't go d- as deep as we went. He didn't, so he wanted to go back. And, and, and of course he didn't go as deep as he went. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck would? Yeah, and so, and so we went, and, and uh, it was fucked up. Like, North Korean slaves in Siberia, was, it was a messed up, messed up uh, trip. Why isn't Geraldo Rivera covered this? <laughs> I don't what, know. Where are you, Geraldo? I don't think anyone cares. They're like, okay, who cares? North, I, but North they Korean should slaves. care just because it's so crazy. I mean, it's, it's just... pretty crazy. Oh, so the reason why, so we get to the Chinese border... And we're like, finally, we got out. And, we, and, and right when we were there, so we were in the Amur region, the Far Eastern Amur region, and Kim Jong-il, who hasn't left North Korea in like seven years, uh, met uh, uh, Medvedev in, in the Amur region. So right when we were there, Kim Jong-il was in the same region to talk about new labor and uh, trade agreements, which means more fucking slaves. So that's why they were so freaked out. Is because they don't, obviously Russia doesn't. They think, oh, we're Europe, we're smart, we're like everybody else. They don't want people to know that they have North Korean slaves, so they they were trying to shut it down. And meanwhile, we were there right when Kim Jong Un was there. We didn't know it until we got into China. It was it was crazy. Wow! Imagine if they had caught you there. It would have been bad. Fuck. Do you worry mm-hmm. about that when you're doing these sort of stories? I mean, is that in the back of your head or you just go, go, go? I think that you know people always say like, what's the scariest place you've ever been to? And it's funny because I think that in places like Russia or Iran, or even Afghanistan, places like that, if you're going to get caught, they're going to, you're going to go to like jail and it'll be unpleasant. But somebody's going to make some deal to get you out. Somebody's going to sort of, you know, do a trade or put pressure on or do whatever to get you out. <clears throat> Whereas if you go to like Mexico, you know, and you're doing some narco shit, they'll just kill you like, fuck it. If there's any question mark at all, just kill them, you know. Like, you know, when I did narco cinema, when I just come out of Iraq, you know, there's 50,000 narco-related killings a year in Mexico. And you're just like, that's way more than Iraq. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. way, like, so when you start to do, one of the stories we want to do uh, now is um, fundamentalist Mormons from America, um, you know, went down there when, when they, they were sort of, sort of forced to give up uh, polygamy. And so they, they, they went down to Mexico? Mexico, yeah. So, well, Mitt Romney's grandfather was one of them. Oh, my yeah. God. And so, and so, Did somebody get that to someone in a debate? Yeah, exactly. So he went down there. So they have these, like, militias and shit, right? And now what's happened, because they're fairly wealthy, the cartels have started kidnapping them. 
right? So there's a war going on between the cartels and the Mormon polygamist extremist militias, right? The Americans. Holy shit! Yeah. So they have like American colonies of Mormons down there. Correct. How many? How many people? Well, that's so. That's the thing. There's like there's a few of them. They're quite big colonies, but you know, I'd, you know, we don't know exact numbers, but somewhere around twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Can, can can I grab one of those? Twenty or thirty thousand. I shouldn't. Say, I don't know the exact numbers. We were supposed to go down and, wow. and talk, but so anyway. So but, they've but like Mexico, basically when started doing, their when, own little mini civilization. Yeah, exactly. Man. So when, you, but when you're when you're when you're in Mexico, like two, two stories, like you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, Iraq is scary, and you're like, actually, Jamaica was scary because when I went down to Jamaica, um, you know, I, I went down and I met uh, Dudas, who's like ran the shower posse. He was one of the biggest drug dealers in America, and uh, in fact, America. Um, f- we're going to call out all Jamaica's loans, uh, you know, bankrupt the country unless they gave them Duddas. But Duddas was like, he was like the most powerful man in the country, so they didn't want to give him up. So there was like raging gun battles in Kingston and shit. So I interviewed him, but then there was this war between like Movado, who's a, a dance hall guy in Vibes Cartel, and Gullah and Gaza crew. And they were fighting each other, and Duddas had this like peace concert and shit. But, anyways, they used to have this party called Pasa Pasa in Kingston. And uh, it's in, it's in uh, Tivoli, and and it was run by Duddas, this coke, the biggest coke dealer. <clears throat> and when you go down there, on every street corner, there's dudes with AK-47s, and you're like a pork ball. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck are you doing here? This isn't for you to be here. And meanwhile, like America's trying to extradite their god, Duddas. And so I was down there, and 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 I was with some dancehall guys, and they were like speeding through, and they wouldn't stop at red lights. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, damn, a lot of gunshot down here. You know, like like. People were just getting shot and like, like super violent. And by the way, if they killed you, it wouldn't be a bad thing. They'd be like, good, fucking, you know, you killed the guy. He shouldn't be here. So, you know, Jamaica, Mexico for sure when you're doing anything with narco because they'll just kill you just for being there. Why the fuck are you here? And then the favelas in Brazil because it's the same thing. They're just like, why the fuck are you here? There's no reason for you to be here, you know? Yeah, that's amazing, man. Now, when you go and you do these uh, these Mexico trips, do mm. you do you have like someone who guides you and keeps you safe? Like, how do you? Because uh, I told we had Anthony Bourdain on, and he yeah. said one of the things you got to get a local guy yeah. when you go to these crazy spots. You get a local guy who's like you know a handler, and that guy takes care of everything you tell and you pay him. Yeah. Do you guys do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely have to have local guys. I don't believe in security, or definitely not like, you know. For sure, not like Western bodyguards or like pilgrims or any of those big, kind of guys. obvious, visible big yeah, guys talking into their yeah. wrists and shit. That's just stupid because they're just gonna attract attention. What, what the fuck is going on here? Let's get them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, you need local fixers in Mexico. We have thirty-four offices around the world, so we we have our own guys, local guys, pretty much everywhere. And then you have like local fixers who you know know the terrain, know the language, know you know what's going on, and you know how to get you out of shit. And you guys started this, you were doing a, a magazine called Voice? Yeah. And then you took it over and took the O out and just called it Vice? Yeah, it was, it was called Voice of Montreal. And it was, a, it was sort of a welfare project in Canada uh, run by Haitians. And they were doing a, a Black History Month thing. And they, they figured they could get more money out of the government by doing an English language cultural publication. And so <clears throat> we were all working there. I wanted to be a writer, so I was like, I finally got a job. <laughs> like, you know, 
<laughs> and meanwhile, Quebec was trying to separate from the rest of Canada, so like English language publications became illegal. So like you know, no audience. And uh, so anyway, eventually they couldn't pay us our wages and stuff. So we said, okay, well we own it now. So we dropped the O and just called it Vice. And like everyone's like, what a great name! How do you think it up? Fucking name! How do you think it up? And we're like, we just dropped the O, you know. It's and a, it's and a perfect story. Yeah, and then we st- we moved to the states, and then we then we st- started expanding. And now we're in thirty four countries. And where are you guys based out of? You're based out of New York. New York and London are our two our two hubs, and we're, our, our biggest office next year is going to be in China. And how long have you been doing this? Sixteen years. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm old man. God damn! And now it's music. It's you even have a clothing line and like yeah. everything now. It's yeah, like we have a, a record huge. label and films and TV and uh, wow. mag and online and all our different verticals and events and. That's awesome. And was this a plan from the very beginning to branch off in all these different directions, or it just sort of naturally happened? Yeah, no, there was. Uh, we never had a business plan. We never knew anything. We never <laughs> thought about it really. What happened was, uh, you know, we wanted. W- they outlawed English basically in Quebec, so we we went national in Canada. We're the biggest magazine in Canada, but that was like being the biggest magazine in Reykjavik or something. We're the number one podcast in Canada. Really? <laughs> hey, Canada! <laughs> All right. <laughs> love Canada. Canada's I do good. too. I love Canada. Canada's I'm that's where I'm gonna move if shit gets bad. Yeah, Vancouver. That, well, when I came real close in 2004. I was looking at space in Vancouver. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I and wouldn't. Then, I wouldn't go to. The, you got to go to the because it's going to get real bad. You got to get to like one north of where I grew up in Ottawa. There's like a million lakes. You can just buy a lake for like a hundred bucks. You got to buy a lake, and you know, b- build a cabin on the lake because when shit gets bad, you got to get far away from the cities. When shit gets that bad, though, you might want to just die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to live like in Liberia? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to like live that. on. I'd the rather lake. take a bullet. Yeah, I'd rather take a bullet than live like that. A, a stump. OD on <laughs> Flintstone. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can, Brian. Yeah, you can. I think that's a rumor. Um, so you, you, so you guys started now. How did you get started from going from a magazine to these incredible, in-depth, yeah. on-scene investigative pieces that you're doing? Well, what, what was the first one? Heavy metal in Baghdad. So, um, we. For about a decade, we were kind of a style mag, so we were really just interested in cocaine and supermodels and <laughs> denim. <laughs> denim. <laughs> and so, like, but why? These, these jeans are weird. And uh, we ha- it was because it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and we were kids. And and uh, and then when we started expanding around the world, we're like, oh, this shit is fucked up. Like, holy fuck, have you have you seen this? You know, and and. And we'd write about it, and people were like, I've never heard about that. What the fuck's going on? We're like, yeah, it's crazy. So that happened as well as the sort of failure of mainstream media during, um, you know, the Iraq you know, war um, with everyone saying, like, weapons of mass destruction, just lying, and they knew that there was no weapons of mass destruction and all this shit. And so um, we did a, a thing where we went to uh, – we snuck into Iraq, um, and we went to – uh, hang out with the only heavy metal band in Baghdad across the Cauda. And it was supposed to be like a seven-minute piece. It was the first piece that we launched VBS with. And, um, you know, eventually we shot them over three years and we turned it into a feature film that won Critics' Choice in Toronto. It won Best Documentary in Berlin Film Festival. Like, it got picked up by the BBC, by Canal Plus. Well, My know. friend Eddie raves about it. Eddie Bravo raves about that movie. And so all, everyone's like, you know, oh, that's like news. 
you know, we're like, we're following a band, but you saw the whole thing unfold, like how everything was fucked up and shit. And people could relate to it because they're like, oh, I'm in a band. And then their band gets, their uh, practice space gets bombed by a Scud missile. And, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to be killed because they wear like Iron Maiden t-shirts or like they headbang, which is seen as Jewish. So therefore <laughs> they'll cut your head off and shit. And so <clears throat> that was the first thing. And it was so successful that, and we love doing it that we started saying, well, why don't we, the whole, everyone's like, what's your, been your demo and what's your business plan and all this shit? And we're just like, we have none. All we do is stories that we like. So if, if, if there's a story like General Butt Naked in the Tupac Army, that's a fucking jaw dropper. We're going to go shoot that, you know? And so we started shooting it and people were like, I've never heard anything like this. What the fuck? And so more and more and more people started watching and, and, and we started doing it more and more. If I have any criticism is that sometimes it's hard to find shit. Like, you have a bunch of different shows on Vice.com. Yeah. There's so many different ones. Like, I was trying to find Heinmo's Adventure, the yeah. dude who lives up in the Arctic, yeah. who lives in, like, East Alaska. Mm. And I, I couldn't find it. I had to Google it and then find it through Google. Yeah, we suck. We're only good at... <laughs> I couldn't find it on your website. <laughs> it's not, it's not on Netflix anymore, either. We're, we're only good at one thing. We're good at making content. We're not good at anything else. Yeah, so. but someone should be good at doing that for you. Well, we this dude to, here, look at this fucking thing. Yeah, this, this is, this is the need, master. We need to steal him and have him come <laughs> over and fucking... <laughs> He's not going to the Congo, bro. Trust me. You <laughs> no. don't want anybody crying in your lap. <laughs> no, I would be the crier. I would be the... You could throw me out, though, first. So I would be eaten first, I guess. He would definitely be eaten first. He's fleshy, <laughs> and he won't even run. He'll just... No, I'll cry. He's like a rabbit with epilepsy <laughs> just fall and start shaking in a little soft, probably fluffy survive. bundle i'd probably survive though they'd be like oh i'm not gonna eat that you'd thing. come back with abs <laughs> hardened doing chin-ups in the jungle it would totally change well the life. most hugely strong dudes i've ever seen in my life actually were in liberia because they don't have water so they do this thing where they go way out into the like the outskirts in the jungle and they fill up these like two-ton wooden carts with water and one guy pushes and one guy pulls her two or three and they just up and down these hills all day long. They don't eat anything. And they just push like two tons up a hill, two oh tons down a hill. God. And they're just fucking massive. Like it's like Conan, you know. He pushed the wheel yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Right? Well, that's these kind of dudes. Just fucking massive dudes. Wow. Anyway. What a fucking insane place on earth that is. Yeah. I just can't. I, I'll never be able to get over the fact that that exists right while this exists, you know. And we could be. This one. No one wants to put their head there, but you could have been born there, man. That yeah. could have been your shitty roll of the dice. True. You could have been shit out in the bottom of a hut, in in the middle of Liberia. Yeah. Just as easily as you could have in Montreal. Yeah. Fuck. So you start out. You do this Baghdad thing. And then how did it, how does it branch out into what you have now? Because now you guys have. You know, I mean, yeah. Thailand and Liberia, and I yeah. saw the Chernobyl thing. Yeah. That was fucking nuts, man. Did yeah. you worry about that? I mean, you're you're there in some serious fucking radiation. Yeah, I was drunk that that whole trip <laughs> because uh, does the drug does the alcohol supposedly protect well, you from two radiation? Things, two things I heard. Uh, God knows if they're true, <laughs> but I heard them, so I believe them as fact. One that the doctors in. Um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki lived because they got so bummed out like by skin falling off and shit that they would get wasted and alcohol is a diuretic so it forces you to piss it flushes out the radiation in your system right and also the firemen in Chernobyl lived because they were they they would get drunk every night and so when we were there <clears throat> they actually said take your medicine and it was like brandy you know so we were just drinking this like homemade brandy the whole time we were there and I was loaded 
uh, and we were like laughing, you know, with the Geiger counter as it goes up <laughs> to like fifteen hundred, you know, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, and you're just like, you know, fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred, something, you know, and, and meanwhile, just because you're drunk, and then when you go back. They have like a Geiger counter to test your shoes, and they're just like, Ring, you know, straight, <laughs> straight to red. So I just sort of threw everything out, you know, bought like a silver, clothes. a silver Ukrainian suit, and sort of, you know, no. what's a normal out. level? What's like a, a healthy level? I think it's like point two five millirangans is 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 hot, and and we were at like fifteen hundred. Oh my God! Have you had any side effects? Have you been going to the doctor like like regularly? Like, are you freaking out about it at all? I, I do not go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Pour I some wine I, on your feet. Uh, yeah, I just I'm, I'm Irish, so I'm just like have a whiskey and you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, I was just in Japan actually, and 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 what's going down there? You want to talk about Mad Max? Is like that's fucking crazy shit. And and we're actually going to go back and shoot. We were doing the preliminary thing there, and like the the actual reactors. Um, the the steel the containment of the reactors is now melting in, in, into the sort of groundwater and melting into the the soil, and there's like major cities there of like five hundred thousand people that are completely fucking irradiated, and they're not telling people the truth, and the kids know that it's wrong. They're really frustrated and they're really angry, and and the government's just like denying shit. And and both Chernobyl and and, and in Japan, I was shocked because everyone because you know energy. People are going, oh, nu- you know, nuclear power, nuclear power, it's, you know, it's the future, it's great, whatever. And you, you just go there and you go, if it fucks up even this much, if it fucks up just a tiny bit, like, you know, in, in the Ukraine, an area the size of France is still completely irradiated, you know, and you're just like, well, <laughs> I mean, what the, f- like, how is this even a fucking option? Yeah, how is it a possibility that you could have one mistake or a natural disaster like oh, a tsunami? Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that and they only fucked. they only planned for what was an eight point two or something yeah, like yeah. that. That's as bad as it could get, and mm. they got a nine, mm. and it just wrecked everything. And then yeah. the power goes out, and they can't cool everything off. And then they're pouring ocean water on yeah, it, and yeah. that water is now back in the ocean. They, yeah. they there's a an online um, uh, presentation that shows the irradiated water and how it's moving through yeah, the yeah. Pacific Ocean. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's 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 uh it, it's beyond terrifying. And what's happening in Japan now is. Uh, I mean, it just shows you, like, well, what are they? Go- what, what can they do? They're, how are they going to evacuate a million people? Where the fuck are they going to evacuate them to? And, and how big is Japan? Like, what is the total size of it? Is it possible that the entire Japanese island will get irradiated? Well, no, because it's... I, oh, I, now I'm going to show myself up here for being a bad boy, but I think it's, like, seven major islands. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, Sapporo's on the north one, and... So they have different islands, but it, it, it is definitely, it's, it's sort of this area that's about an hour and a half, two hours north of Tokyo, but it's actually sort of heavily populated around there. Two hours drive? Yeah. So, the, and that's, you could be that close to a horrible nuclear disaster like that? Two yeah. hours drive? Yeah. That and well, and there's a lot safe. of, well, there's, a, there's like, you know, Japan, when we first started having our office there was like, you know, the future. It was like, you know, wow, they're it's way ahead of us in technology and, you know, everything else. And now when you go there, 
you know, there's no air conditioning, so it's everybody's really hot, and the the lights are at like half light, and you know, even stupid shit like we were at karaoke, and like the it'll just go and slow down because the the power's Whoa. all fucked up, and it's, it's it feels kind of like a ghost town. Lots of people oh, have that's left. So creepy. And it, yeah, it's like oh, it, it, it's gone beyond future. It's gone to like it was the future, and now it's like post future. And if it's the po- if that's the post future, then we should drink a lot today because it's gonna <laughs> not be pleasant. Uh, it's like a movie Akira. I'm going there for the first time in February for the UFC. Going to Tokyo. Are you really? Yeah. yeah. I flew over. I flew terrifying? over with a bunch of wrestlers. There was a big. I was just there uh, two days ago or three days ago or something, and there was just a bunch of huge, huge fucking wrestlers. Those boys are big. The wrestling dudes, not the UFC dudes. I'm just drawing in. Japanese wrestlers were they Japanese? No, they were like WWE dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, most of those guys were real wrestlers originally. Really? Well, a lot of them were yeah. at least. You know, but there's no real outlet for amateur wrestlers if they want to go into professional sports except for MMA. Well, now MMA, but MMA to me seems like, you know, real fighting, the ultimate fighting. It's a big difference. Wrestling, it doesn't doesn't seem to me to be real. Well, well, the real amateur wrestling is a great sport, but unfortunately it never got popular enough to be a professional sport. They've tried it a bunch of times. There's a lot of wrestlers in MMA. Because you can learn striking, but it's hard to learn the wrestling part. Well, it's a great base, and it's also those guys are tough as shit. If you go through wrestling practice, wrestling practice, I only wrestled one year in high school, and it was one of the toughest things athletically I ever did. The practices are absolutely brutal, you know, especially if you have... You're a very strong guy. It's it's just a grueling kind of a workout, and they're mentally tough because of it. I I went and hung out with a bunch of um, jiu-jitsu guys with uh, Daniel Gracie in in Brazil. In Rio? uh, Well, Rio and, yes, Rio. And uh, we went to the favelas to where they, they train like by running barefoot up mountains and beating the shit out of tractor tires. And they have full, on, full contact training where they knock each other out and practice and shit. And he took me all around, and <clears throat> those, those dudes are tough. Like, I don't know how anyone can beat a Brazilian <laughs> because they're a fucking tough motherfucker. Well, there's a lot of Brazilian champions now. One of the yeah, Brazilian, uh, one of the ultimate fighters the, uh, this last season that happened last weekend, this past weekend, one of them was a Brazilian kid. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, three Brazilian champions now, yeah. you know, and who knows how many more. Yeah, we were doing the Vale Tudo stuff, which is anything goes. No weight class, no age, no gender <laughs> so you guys uh covered that stuff yeah, yeah covered saw, they yeah. usually have weight classes in valley tudo fights but you guys and will fight yeah, bigger we, guys. we had the well we had we were going to the valley tudo like the full-on uh like anything goes valley tudo stuff uh what was what's interesting is that the great that's how the gracie started is they would they would fight anybody from any style any weight class anything they and they would have a uh you know hundred dollar a hundred hundred thousand dollar prize if you could beat a gracie and and that's how the, the whole sort of Valley Tudo thing started in then MMA. Yeah, it's really fascinating when you find out that jiu-jitsu really was started by two guys. I mean, it wasn't started by two guys. It was it was judo in Japan and yeah. you know and and Japanese jiu-jitsu and you know submission wrestling has yeah. been existing in many forms for a long time. But what Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the really technical version of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, was really started by Elio Gracie and Carlos Gracie, yeah. two bad motherfuckers yeah. from this one f- family in Brazil yeah. that created an army of super killers. Yeah, uh, Daniel Gracie was three-time world uh, jiu-jitsu champion. And so he's more of a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. He's well, a big, big motherfucker. Jiu-jitsu is a much safer way to, to compete. Yeah. You know, when you, you start getting involved with head trauma, yeah. that's when things get yeah. get sketchy. Yeah. You know, the uh, the uh, returns aren't the same. No. You know? Yeah. 
and you're going to lose. Everyone's going to lose. But if you lose in a jiu-jitsu tournament, you know, you occasionally get your arm popped. You, you could even, you know, have, a, have to have a surgery on a knee or something like that. But yeah. you lose in an MMA fight. That's a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's a hard world. It is. So Mayhem le- uh, lost that last fight? I don't yep. Yeah, he got beat up. He gassed. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, uh, it could have been that he hadn't fought in a long time. It could have been that it was a giant adrenaline dump, but uh, he got tired really quickly. And Michael Bisping fought a real good fight. And Michael Bisping looked better than he's ever looked before. And he yeah, he, he beat the shit out of Jason, especially standing up. Wow. Standing up, he, uh, he really just boxed his face in have you talked to him since then no i'm gonna let him chill out you know i know i know jason you know this is a big disappointing loss for a guy like him so just yeah. gonna let him just yeah. relax and maybe he'll come back on the podcast once he's you know he's gonna be bummed out for a while but he'll be back you know the the thing about fighting is a lot of it is uh, psychological mm. a lot of it is just being able to perform in the, in the moment you know and for a lot sure. of people are dwarfed by that moment they just they tense up and their mm. adrenaline gets to them and they get nervous and they just they just can't do it yeah. you know but it's also like fighting you know when you're used to winning you're just like i'm always gonna win yeah and then when someone beats you down you're like what it's quite you big like look at george foreman like he was the baddest man on the planet he was the bad and then when he after he got beat he's just like okay i'm done that's yeah it. <laughs> like forget it yeah ali beat him and then he came back and he fought someone else he fought one other guy and had like this crazy rock up soccer robots fight yeah and uh <laughs> and then he took yeah well they both got knocked down like three oh, times yeah, each yeah. And, and then he's like fuck this oh, yeah. and then he became a preacher yeah. and then big and fat at 36 yeah. years and then came back decides to make a comeback really fat too yeah. I, everybody I like, thought I it like, was a joke i like that style of boxing too when he <laughs> yeah. looked, he looked like a weeble you know where he yeah. just he had his left right out and he'd just sort of rock back and forth yeah and you were just waiting for that right hand to come out but the thing is when it came when it, it was came, like getting hit done. by a telephone pole it was like it, somebody yeah. thrusted a yeah. telephone pole yeah. on you Donk. yeah yeah wow so uh, when you were in Thailand, did you get to uh, go and uh, check out any of the Muay Thai fights? I did actually. I uh, interviewed the beautiful boxer. Do you know? Do you know about her? Is that the she male? Yeah. So she th- used to be a guy. Used to be a guy. Uh, became a she male, and then became the champion Muay Thai boxer for her um, weight class. And she used to do this. She, her signature move was she'd run up your legs. The knee in the face. So, so if, you know, you, in the classic Muay Thai, they sort of plant. And she would do this thing where she'd run up your legs and kick you in the face. And then when Was they, she fighting men? or Men, men, only men, yeah. And then when the men would go down, she'd kiss them on the lips as a, as a fuck you because like, they, they didn't want her to fight and stuff. She had a, she had a big uh, a target on her back. And, and so was she, she uh, post-op? Oh, I don't fucking know. See, what did it feel like? I think the story is. <laughs> see, the story is there was one one of these women that was a fucking killer until she got the surgery, right. and then essentially they take your balls away. And when yeah. they take your balls away, you no longer have testosterone. She right, lost her yeah. muscle tone, yeah. and and you know she essentially became a real girl. And yeah. she was fighting guys, and they yeah. were kicking her in the fucking head all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she became champion. I don't think she she was real really. She was a celebrity. I don't think she was really fighting that much anymore. Um, and, but she might have had the operation. Isn't it funny know. that you have to I keep get, calling her she? I get them all confused because I, there was a lot of them. Uh, I was interviewing had many. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot. I, I was I was surrounded by she males uh, for a time in my life in in Thailand. Wow. So um, when when she originally started fighting, she was fighting men. But then after yeah. she got the operation, even though she's you're calling her a she, she's yeah. still fighting men. Yeah, yeah. 
What the fuck is that? Why, I mean, we think that that's like the whole point of getting the operation. You're a woman yeah, well, now. She, 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 you know, she, she started be getting into Muay Thai because she was uh, getting picked on for being, you know, uh, a female. And then, uh, so, she, you know, she, she wanted to beat the shit out of everybody, and she did. <laughs> and uh, but I think by the time by the time I met her, I think she was pro maybe I, 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 I asked the question so I, but I don't remember the answer. But I think she was she was post op, but she had just had the operation, but she wasn't fighting anymore. She got the money. She got the money to do it through fighting. Wow! So she financed her surgery, her transgender surgery, yeah. sexual reassignment surgery yeah, through kicking people, ki kicking people's asses. Yeah. <laughs> and tough. Those guys are tough as fucking hell. Fuck yeah! That's yeah. one of the most brutal martial arts in the world, yeah. and they start really, really young. Mm -hmm. That's a, a strange thing to cover just in and of itself. Yeah, uh, I have a friend who uh, went over there, and he was over there for a, a long time, like mm. several, several months, just mm. training in Muay Thai. Yeah. Sam Shepard, he wrote a book about it, and right. you know, and he uh, was not on the a, Sam Shepard. No, oh. no, different one, different guy, a, a, a MMA author. All oh, right, right. Who's the Sam Shepard? Is that a? a He's like a famous. Writer, playwright, you know. No, I dude. better not be saying this guy's wrong last name because I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm gonna get another drink. Get it's right there, buddy. Um, so when you were uh, in Thailand, tell me what is there an, a reason? Do they have like some sort of a, a, a rationalization for why there are so many lady boys there? Like yeah, what? I, what causes one place to have such an exorbitant amount of men that dress like women? I asked that. Uh, Sam, Sam Shep Sheridan. Asked, Sam Sheridan. Uh, you dumb yeah. motherfucker. Dumb as fuck, dude. I asked that a lot. Uh, why there's so many lady boys there? And they were like, well, you know, we're very feminine and it's Buddhist, so it's not frowned upon. And I'm like, yeah, but even if it wasn't frowned upon in other places, like they have like 100% more lady boys than anywhere. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, no one has a reason. I don't know. It's weird. Though. And they look the best looking lady boys. Yeah. The most so there's authentic. This one, there's this one town. The most authentic. Well, German look lady boys are just so sad. If you want an authentic lady boy, go to Thailand. Yeah. I mean, if you see like a German, you know, a fucking Austrian or lady a, boy. Or American. Yeah. American big, are the worst. Big, huge fucking football players. Yeah. want to suck a cock. <laughs> uh, like, wish they were a girl. That's a strange thing, man, because it's not it's not gay and it's not straight. It's like no, you're you're women. doing. They're women in men's bodies. What the they fuck is going they on? They want to be free. It's in Some the of them don't even. They just get off on dressing like women. Sure. You know, Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> yeah, that's his Likes kink. to dress like a woman. That's really? His kink. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Hoffa. He actually Jimmy admitted Hoffa. to Hoffa. it. Hoffa. No. Who's the guy? Sam Shepard. Jagger Hoover. 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 Yeah. Hoover. That was uh, De La Hoya, like kept it a secret forever and really? paid the girl off and you know and sued everybody who tried to say any differently well, that's probably why he's experts. such a good boxer he knows how to avoid <laughs> duck haymakers that ain't me in the girl's underwear <laughs> <laughs> he uh apparently he's just got a kink he just wow. likes, likes dressing up like a girl but he fucks these girls mm. so it's like hmm okay I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're entitled to it. You, you I don't even know. It. Everyone was always like, didn't so, did you fuck them? Did you fuck them? And I'm like, you understand that there's like two good dudes with cameras and lighting rigs and shit. Like, yeah. It's like we're out there to shoot something. I don't even actually <laughs> suspect know why we were there. We were shooting. Females are always a good story, A. But B, I think we were shooting Beautiful Boxer. And we're like, oh, you know, an hour and a half south of, of Bangkok, there's Pattaya, which is the, the shemale capital of the world. It's like, and... It became big because all the uh, dudes from Vietnam would go there on R&R. &R. 
And so they would all fuck shemales. And now, Jesus Christ! And well, now like the the whatever the seventh fleet or whatever the fuck it is comes in there, and they all have their R and R, and it's all shemales. So we heard that there was this place where there's like this shemale beauty pageant, and then they have a, a like a shooting range downstairs where you can shoot machine guns and shit. So we're like, okay, we can go get like ten you know shemales dressed up like Marilyn Monroe and shoot machine guns with them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that. So we did that, and then and then. Ugh. And then we decided to interview them. And by then I had a few ales. So they're like, get in a hot tub. And I'm like, okay. I'm yeah, well, that's tub. what was the craziest shit. When you were, that's one of the th- first things I ever saw you do. You're in this hot tub with these ladyboys. I'm like, who is this wild <laughs> motherfucker? He doesn't. That's not so wild. That's pretty like, wild, all right. dude. I like Come to on, have man. A, I'd like to have a bath. Yo, you were smiling <laughs> with them and laughing and having sure. a good time. And yeah, I wonder why people asked you if you fucked them. Because it seemed like you <laughs> fucked them. <laughs> So if I had a guess, he'd be like, yeah, man. I, I have a friend who's a comic, and he uh, was uh, doing this show with a, a, a lady boy, and she was really hot, and she offered to blow him. And he's like, all right. And I'm like, dude, you got blown by a guy. <laughs> he goes, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I never, re- I never saw a dick. I'm not really sure. To me, a hot chick blew me, sure. and it was awesome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, there was a while there that I was interested. I, I was interested in, in weird shit, and there was a, I did a, a piece on uh, – the, in Japan, they they grow up uh, masturbating to cartoons. You know, like the porn is cartoons. yeah tentacle baby. What yeah. is that about? <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> but have you seen their? They have really good I've artists it. there. Yeah. It's pretty good. But they grow up like cartoons are like porn, right? So now they have these brothels, like whorehouses, right? But they're dolls, real dolls, like so, like twenty grand, thirty grand, and but they they're like cartoon characters, so you can fuck a cartoon, right? And so I did this uh, thing where I went and uh, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Japanese people are crazy. So I, I went to these ghetto doll brothels. I went to these, these brothels where you, you, dress them, you dress them up and then you, and then you fuck them. Nice. And so I shot the whole thing. And it was just a stupid little funny piece like, oh, Japanese people are crazy. And it, <laughs> it was so, it got picked up so much. Like it was like huge. And so I did a follow-up where they actually will deliver dolls to your house so you 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 go online and you 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 say i want them to look like this cartoon character i want them to look like a schoolgirl. i want them to look whatever you want them to look like and then they they bring the dolls to your house and then you spend like a weekend with them like having a party you know sounds amazing drinking doing whatever i fucking do that in a second and so i so i did it so i filmed it you know and um and uh, again, like it was just hugely popular. And then I met this dude. Uh, so I was, you know, the guy Gaspar Noé, you know that director? No. He did a film called Irreversible. You know that film? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got like the most, you know, anyway. It's a, he's a shocking director. Like I saw that film and I was like, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was really? Fucking heavy. Uh, it, the heaviest film. For I've you ever to seen. say that. You got to watch it. It's insane. Irreversible. And, irreversible. So he was shooting his his next film called Enter the Void in a place called uh, Kabukicho, which is run by the mafia. And Kabuki, like, you know, the Japanese opera shit. Well, Kabukicho now is just like orgy houses, sex houses, S&M houses. What is Enter the Void? Is that Enter the, the movie Void is the one I talked DMT? about, the DMT, and then Irreversible yeah. Yeah, was his that. first one, which was, I think, better than Enter the Void. Irreversible is like... So, like, it's amazing. The most creative thing about Enter the Void was the way it was shot. Yeah. You know, when so you he, he actually had cameras in Kabuki Cho just, like, hanging 
from light and he would like they would spin and he would just let them run yeah. and he wouldn't even be on the set he'd be like in a bar like four blocks away and he, <laughs> he had to pay off the yakas and stuff so i ended up doing sort of the making of them i followed him for a while because it was like my friend harmony corinne who uh who does uh you know he's a filmmaker he did like gummo and he was you know kids um he's like you want to talk about because i was doing a film show at the time for i see and he was like, you want to talk about the craziest film shit ever? You got to go to Tokyo and see Gaspar Noé because he's paid off the mafia and he's just got these fucking cameras swirling on bungee cords and shit and everyone's <laughs> fucking everybody else. So I went there and, and, and I met these um, directors through him that do this thing called Genki, which means good or clean. And it's, uh, it's, it's a porn, it's kind of porn, um, where they fuck food. So, for example, they'll get a fish to felch like milk out of a girl's ass and then they eat the fish <laughs> a, or they'll fuck eels or like they'll fuck that's like so that's awesome. like when you see the videos of girls with eels up their asses yeah and there was one where like a mud skipper came out have you ever seen a mud skipper <laughs> no what's a mud, mud skipper? skipper is like this it looks like an alien it's kind of like this translucent thing with big black eyes that sort of see through with red veins and you're just like that. No way is anyone putting that up my ass. That's like an alien motherfucker. Wow, wow. And and so they're they're doing all this this crazy eel porn and octopus porn and and fish felching. And you're just like, this is the most fucked up shit I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, I know it's called Genki. <laughs> you're just like Jesus. I I thought the fucking cartoon dolls were bad, but shoving. You know, mud skippers. Has all this traveling and all this crazy shit that you've seen, has this given you any unusual insight to human nature? Because yeah, I got to think, you've seen some shit. Yeah. You have a much different perspective on the human race as a, if you were a scientist, mm. you know, and you were an objective scientist, you were studying Earth, you would have a, a much different view of human beings than the average person. Well,. You know, I think that, uh, you know, this is, <laughs> I wish I could have a better analogy to make myself look better, but there is this, there is definitely a sort of good and evil. There is a, a sort of yin and yang. That's what I was embarrassed of saying. But really, like in Liberia, for example, you have these guys who grew up like killing and eating people. And on the other side of it, there's just churches everywhere, like churches and fucking every car has got a, you know, believe in Christ, uh, you know, bumper sticker or whatever. And so there's like, these people just super good and like trying to be good and you know and then other people are just like the worst like the worst people on earth and so there's there's definitely a good and evil vibe and we have tremendous uh capacity for good but we also have tremendous capacity for evil like people do some fucked up shit like bad stuff like eating a baby's heart it doesn't get worse than that but you know, people do really bad stuff and, and, you know, you know, when they want to send a message or oh, just cut his arm off or, you know, there, there were AIDS brigades in Africa where they, you know, they would have whole brigades of people with AIDS and then they would go and then in, in, intentionally infect other people because they wanted to effectively have uh, genocide. And you're sitting there going, this is what human beings are capable of. We are, we are really bad. Like we're the worst. Also, I think <clears throat> when you go to a lot of places, you're like, we're just destroying, like, we're, we're literally the stupidest race, or not race, uh, species, because we're destroying what we live in. You know, don't shit where you eat. Well, we're, we're like, having projectile fucking diarrhea where we Everywhere. Live. We're, the ocean, just, yeah, the rainforests. Everything. Just yeah. killing everything. Everything. Yeah. We kind of have the Midas touch. 
we kill it and we make money at the same time and then it's dead and so you know every time we go anywhere now it gets our, everyone asks us our politics and i say look it's just the absurdity of the modern condition it's just fucking insane like i was in china and they had a two and a half week traffic jam right so and every year they have to sell three percent more cars just to break even and you're in a two and a half week traffic jam two and a half weeks yeah it went from mongolia to beijing it was a famous thing. It created a whole microeconomy, and there were people going out there selling food and clothes and shit to people who how, how close? How fast are you going on this road? No, you're not. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You're it not moving a, at all. It was literally a two-and-a-half-week traffic jam. Stop dead. Stop dead. Wow. What the and, fuck? And so, and so you're like, well, how many fucking cars do we need? And, you, you, you know, you've been around. You go to Brazil. You can't go. I was in Tehran, which I don't know why. I didn't think it was a real car place, but... You, you know, you, you'd, you'd go out, you'd sit in traffic for three hours, and you'd just go home because you, you, we couldn't get there. So you're like, well, it's, it's, it's ceased to work, yet we're still fucking making more and more and more and more and more. And so I think, you know, when you go to Japan and everyone, you know, is getting cooked on the inside and no one's admitting it, when you go to, you know, Russia where, where the mob is running everything and there's North Korean slaves and you go to, you know, um, Africa, which, uh, you know, they're having war over every single mineral or anything that they can find that are going to kill somebody else about. And it, you just start to say, okay, I mean, we're, we're literally hovering on this sort of edge of... of uh, it's funny because I'm a really sort of optimistic guy, and lately I've been sort of saying to people, we should get a bolt hole somewhere. I was talking to you before. We, <laughs> was like, we should get a bolt hole. We should, you know, get that lake in Canada and get up there where there's fresh water. Because sometimes I was in South Africa and I was flying back uh, in the plane and I watched Collapse. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. I watched Collapse and, okay, the guy's a bit of a fruitcake or whatever, but I was watching and I was going, shit. You know, because what I just saw in South Africa, too, had freaked me out so much. South Africa's a fucked up place. What's fucked up about South Africa? You know, it's the most... When you say South Africa's a fucked up place, after you just got done talking about Liberia. (laughs) Well, South Africa, because it's, it's, it's... the richest country in Africa, and it's always heralded as sort of, um, you know, the, the you know, look at what's happening in South Africa. It's so good and so great and whatever. And we actually went down to shoot there, and, um, you know, it's uh, incredibly corrupt. Uh, the, you know, the police uh, captains are always being arrested. But basically, it's completely... Uh, incredibly racist, incredibly segregated, people living behind uh, barbed wire and electric fences. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a famous uh, book called Disgrace, um, which won, I, I don't know, the Nobel Prize or the Booker Prize, one of them, about a, you know, a, a guy from Cape Town, a professor who gets, um, who gets uh, 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 disgraced by fucking one of his students and goes out into the townships and they end up getting their farm taken over and his daughter gets raped and he gets set on fire and all this shit. And, and you know, I was reading that before going there and I was like, well, that's just crazy shit. It doesn't happen. And when you're there, you're like, oh, that happens every fucking day. Like, it's full fucking on. And so as we were shooting, we were shooting the Afrikaans neighborhoods. And the Afrikaans are fighting, you know, the coloreds who are the mixed races who are fighting the blacks who are fighting the whites. And then the whites are just sort of in their compounds, electric wire and security and machine guns. And you're just like, holy fuck, dude. I'm like, why don't you go to Australia? Why wouldn't you just get the fuck out? Like, 
So they choose to stay for what reason? Yeah. What? what why? Well, they're African. They're like we, we're we African. We've been here, you know, since the Dutch settled. Exactly. And so there. When was like, that? What year was that? In the 1600s, and I, you know, the Bantu. There was the Bantu migration and the Zulu migration, and they both sort of happened relatively late uh, because South Africa is sort of hard to get to from the rest of the continent. And then so the Dutch got there, you know, a bit after, like 400 years or something. Now, don't don't everyone <laughs> say that I'm I'm not I don't know the actual right. exact times, right, right, but right. it was, a, but so they've been there a long time, and and uh, but there's definitely a strategy of sort of you know and intimidation, and there's a lot of there's a lot of institutionalized rape like there, and and whenever you see that, like when you're like rapes when rape is part of the equation, and home takeovers and all this shit, I, I'm out. Like you know that's that's it's just like not on. So um, this the the crime rate in South Africa is just ridiculous compared to the rest of the yes. world. Well, it's, it's just another example Stag- of Africa. Stag- Africa just as a whole is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, but South it's the craziest Af- spot on earth, right? But South Africa, you're, you're sort of like, well, South Africa is like I always thought of it as sort of, you know, Canada right. in Africa, you know, right. because it's just sort of you know it's rich or richer, and you know it has these sort of you know modern cities and you know. It, you know, just sort of, you know, and I grew up in the area of I'm not going to play Sun City and, you know, right, fuck right, apartheid right. and all that shit, which I agree uh, with, uh, fuck apartheid and all that stuff. It just now when you go there, it's so segregated and so there's so much hatred and so much fucking violence and crazy shit going on every day and people driving in Mad Max electrified cars with machine guns and living behind electric fences and shit. And you're like, fuck, is this what? Like, is this where it's headed? Because it, th- this is the whole thing about Occupy Wall Street. If you get to be to have too much discrepancy with money, so these people have tons of money and they're living, you know, behind barbed wire, electric wire compounds with security guards and machine guns, and the other dudes are out fucking eating rats and smileys and whatever, you know, then you're like, you know, okay, well, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be continual... You know, I, I'm going to take what you have. You know, when we were in when we were in Somalia, it's interesting because we went there with this story that was the pirate stock exchange, right? Which we thought is a f- funny idea, because what it is is poor people pay for uh, shares, right, in an RPG or a, or a machine gun, and if it's part of a successful hijacking, they think <laughs> they get their dividends back. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's the pirate uh, stock exchange, right? Holy shit. However, when we went there, so that's the story. But when we went there, we found out we're like, you know, the pirates are like, well, the Portuguese and Japanese and Spanish illegally overfished the area, took all the fish, killed all the fish. And so they have no fucking fish. And then an Italian um, waste management company um, dumped uh, radioactive waste all up and down the coast illegally. So they irradiated the beaches, killed all the fish, and they're like, what else the fuck are we going to do? Right? So they became pirates. And uh, so that's the story. And this is what we always like about going to story because you go to, to do a story like the Pirate Stock Exchange, which is just kind of like w- wild and weird. And then it turns out like we're not so far removed from this shit because you know we're part of the problem. We caused the problems that led to the piracy because people aren't actually going to go out and be pirates if you give them any other opportunity. But if you fuck their shit up and there's no food and there's no money and there's no beaches, there's no water, there's no nothing, what the hell else are they going to do? Didn't they call themselves the Voluntary Coast Guard of Somalia? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's all different pirate groups. 
you know, when you see this and you see these parts of the world that you can get to in an airplane in yeah. a day yeah. and you see how fucked they are. Yeah. And then you see shit like Occupy Wall Street and you realize like what a thin veneer of civilization we have mm. over, you know, just a, a, a boiling kettle of chaos mm. that is most of the world. Well, when I was in uh, Libya recently during the revolution, they were like, we just want freedom. There's actually one kid uh, in the thing who's just like, my dream is to play for the Dallas Mavericks. Whoa. And yeah, he was a, he was a like 17-year-old kid who was op- operating a grad missile launcher. It was like a truck with a, you know, Calliope on the back of the... Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So he was just in this truck with like 50 missiles. And he's like, Jesus. I want to play for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh my God. And so... And so uh, Somebody call Mark Cuban. <laughs> there you go. That was his dream. And, and I asked all these dudes that are all kids. And I was like, why are you fighting? And they're like, I want to fight for freedom. I'm one, just fighting for freedom. We want to be like everybody else. And it was, it was pretty inspiring because these guys have never known freedom. Gaddafi's been in there since 1969 or was in there. So they were just always under him. He's the worst dude ever. Like, he's the worst motherfucker. He actually put me in jail, so I hate him. He put but, you in jail? Yeah, the first time I went, I got arrested. Uh, I went for a youth conference which is the only way to, to get into Libya. And then I, I went to shoot the, the party of the, for the Lockerbie bomber guy, and I got put in jail. So you got put in jail in Libya? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> what is that like? Uh, um, well, to be brutally honest, it was really nice because they actually jailed me in their sort of only place that foreigners were really allowed to go, which was this really nice hotel. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But it was scary because they're just like, we're going to fuck you up and you can't say anything. What the fuck are you doing? And there's a lot of yelling and slapping and swearing and shit. But um, they were asking, it was just a bummer. Slapping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they slap you around a They like to slap your face. Really? <laughs> As if that's going to make you. Like, I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to sort of put like electrodes on my genitals or like shove a glass rod up my ass or slapping me. I'm like, okay, good. Fine. If that's all I get, I'll be oh, it's fine. So, anyways, they arrested me. I got out. I filmed part of it and I, I put it in the show and then a lot of Libyans had seen that and I met a lot of Libyans when I was there so when the revolution happened they invited me to come over so I went to Benghazi and then I went to Misrata where the fighting was we were completely surrounded and we were fighting pushing to Tripoli and you know I was everyone was just like we're fighting for freedom we're fighting for freedom and it was like they were so positive and they were like risking everything and like there was one kid who had his leg blown off and he snuck out of the hospital they were going to f- send him to Germany and get him a new leg and and he wouldn't do it. He snuck out so he could get back and fight with his brothers. And, like, you know, he, f- he was fighting with a fucking spear gun and shit, you know, against tanks. And, and you know, they were doing it for freedom. And I, when I came back, I, I flew through some hub. I am in Chicago. I am in St. Louis. And just everyone was just fat, <laughs> like, eating cheese dogs and just sort of like, you know, I was like, would these dudes fight for freedom? Like, would these dudes really sort of get up and give anything and fight with a spear gun against a tank? To fucking well, we've been complacent for so long. You yeah. know, we think that we have freedom already, and we think that everything's fine, and this is America. It, we, I think there, at least they understood that they were being repressed by a dictator. Yeah. I think over there, they at least... You know, I just wonder how bad it would have to get for people to sort of, you know, say, fuck it, I'm going to get off my couch and do something. Which actually says something about America. Look, I'm Canadian, I came down here because... It's still, I, I'm the perfect example of the American dream. You can come here. You can do well. It is the best country in the world. You know, it's, it's the freest, you know, media country in the world. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And I love it. But at the same time, you know, you know we're not necessarily the most adept at fixing problems. Uh, no, we just rape. 
We just take their shit. We take other people. We go over there and we put them in hawk, you know, yeah. and then we take their resources. Yeah. Where's this going, man? You're scaring the shit out of me. Everybody's scared. The whole the news scares the shit out of me. The internet scares let's, the shit out of me. You're scaring the shit out of me. Let's talk about emails again. We'll lighten, <laughs> we'll lighten it up. I fucked a cartoon. There's no way it ends well, though. It just seems like unless no, the no, aliens no. land know, or we invent something crazy. Every time everyone asks me, they're like, you know, you've seen some bad shit. Uh, you know, what, 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 what do you think? Uh, you know, your, like your question. And I just have this flash. I don't know why. It's subconscious flash of... There's a movie called Angel Heart. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, and there was an old blues singer, and he was trying to, he was trying to get information from the blues singer, and the blues singer was like, "I don't know. I just drink the two Boots cocktails and whatever they put him. That's all I need." And I, he said, "So whenever I feel really bad, I'm just gonna have some of this whiskey that you have here, and you have one of these, and you go. Actually, it's not so bad. You know, it's world, a lot better than the people. The world is a nice place. You can have a hamburger on a Sunday. The thing is, it's <laughs> the best." That people have ever lived, supposedly. I don't know about overall, but at least yeah. America. This is the best humans have ever lived ever. Yes. But it seems like it's not going to last. Well, you know. It seems like it can't. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's by f- sort of fact of getting older, but, and you're like, well, it can't last, or it's not like it used to be. But uh, my problem is when I come back from, you know, India or Africa or, or Siberia or wherever, and you go to New York, and you're like, what the fuck do you want to eat? You yeah. can eat the best, whatever it is you want. You know. By the way, I was just in India. The best Indian food I've ever had is in New York. The best French food, the best Italian. And you're in New York. You can eat this. You can do this. You can go party all night long. You want you do whatever you want. And you sit there and go, this can't go on. It's too good. New York is too fucking good. <laughs> you know, we, should, we can't, shouldn't be allowed to have this much fucking food. So I do, I, do, I do have a bit of eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we may die. I definitely have a bit of that. Because when you see... The alternative, like when it's going to be the road, you're probably right. You're probably just going to go, well, I had a good time. I'm going to leave you with this because I know you got to get out of here. But do you feel like a certain amount of responsibility for illuminating people and all these different things that you find? Because you guys are covering shit that not too many people are covering. You know, you, you, know, you joke around that you're not a real journalist. But I, I didn't know about Liberia the way mm. I know about it because of your, you know, I didn't know about Coltan. Right. You know, I didn't. You, know, this, you guys are letting people know a lot of shit. Do you yeah. feel responsibility? Well, I, I think so. I think, you know, there was a time when we realized, you know, there was about 15 million people watching us every month. And, you know, we distributed about 2 million magazines. And we realized that we had a, a, a big platform and that all we were talking about was like Nike, you know, <laughs> limited edition Tokyo fucking come to Garcon trainers. And so at some point you're like, look, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. When we did Garbage Island, that was a big thing for us because we went out into the Pacific and there's an island. Were you guys the first to cover that? We were one of the first. I mean, we went out with the scientists that found it. It hadn't really been done by a major media um, uh, outlet by the time. We've talked about it several times on this podcast. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And, and bigger now, right? Yeah. Well, it's just growing. And uh, so when we went out there, you realize, holy fuck, there's an island the size of Texas made out of plastic. Jesus like Christ. it's just is this Texas. Like, yeah. Think about Texas. Going yeah. seventy miles an hour takes you a day to drive through it. Yeah, yeah. And that's all plastic. Plastic. And so well now it's even worse because it's actually dissolving into sort of those little beads that they make all plastics from and the krill and the shrimps and everything are eating that plastic so it's entering into the food chain, which is corrupting the whole food chain. But at that point you're like, Well, what am I gonna do? Talk about fucking shoes? <laughs> I mean <Yeah. laughs> the whole food chain's getting fucked here, like 
You know, there's no, and by the way, I always say if the world was going along tickety boo, people wouldn't be looking to me for news. I mean, right. like, you know, it's so fucked that people had to go to Vice, which was again about cocaine and supermodels and denim, to go. Oh fuck, that's where I get my news. Then the world's really fucked. <laughs> you know, so so. Do they have any ideas of how to clean that up? Is there any? Well, no. I mean, it's just uh, you have to stop making plastic and chucking it in the ocean. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, how are you going to do that? We're so disgusting. We eat all the fish. We poison it. We throw our fucking nuclear waste in it. We, we shit all over it. We send some shit into space. We just, if we could pollute space, the sky would be littered. The sky would look like. It is littered. But it'd be it really, is. it would look like stars at night. Just <laughs> things floating above us. Yeah. Slamming into each other. But listen, thank you very much for coming down here. Hey, this has been me. fucking awesome, man. We got to do this again next time you're in LA. Anytime, man. Uh, I, I Anytime. need to hear more shit. When is your show debut on HBO? So we're just shooting it now. Um, we're actually having a party tomorrow night uh, to celebrate. Uh, some, we got some pretty uh, great. I can't segment. believe I'm going to miss it to go to the fucking Today Show. <laughs> Today Show's very big, though. You're going to be a very popular young man. I don't want to be any more popular. I'm good. You're very popular. Uh, this whole thing has been like the most insane thing on Twitter. You're like the god of Twitter. No, oh, hardly. You're, you're the sort of uh, sexy, beefier version of uh, Ashton Kutchner. Nice. I'll take that as a compliment, but... I don't want to. He's a, <laughs> he, he, he's a nut bar. You think? Yeah. He's a young, handsome man that married an, a famous old lady. Yeah. You think he's nuts? And he's getting some uh, crazy, crazy pussy in a hotel room where he'd make them uh, give up their phones and give me your, your, your cell phones and hand them all to my bodyguard. You're all down with the Hollywood gossip. I just meant he was the, the first guy to get to the million Twitter uh, phones. Oh. That's all I know about. Oh, you don't know about but all you're, the, you're getting up. You're getting cat. up there fast. Though. You're, like, you're like the fucking man. Well, you know, uh, the Twitter's a, an interesting little resource. The ability to communicate with all these interesting people. And people connected me to you on Twitter. Mm. And, you know, they've connected me to uh, Hamilton Morris on Twitter. A lot of different yeah. people on Twitter. He's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's Dennis McKenna. I got connected yeah. to him on Twitter. Yeah. It's it's amazing thing. The, the, the resource of the internet is just fucking fantastic. Yeah. And you, you guys are part of that. A big part of that. Well, thanks for having me. It was great. Please. And, uh, this is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. And please keep me in touch with anything you do. We'll promote the shit out oh. of it. For sure. And uh, to let us know when your HBO thing is, is ready to launch. All right. So let's pause for a minute. We'll let these guys go. And then, Brian, you and I will wrap this up. All right, sweet. All so right, everybody at home watching online, just go take a leak. We'll Thanks be right back. Are we back? <sighs> that was awesome. That was amazing. There's, there's uh, nothing cooler than meeting someone that you admire or you enjoy their stuff and then actually getting to hang out with them. And then him being just as cool as you thought he was. Exactly as cool. Like when we got Anthony Bourdain, I think he was a little hungover. I liked it. It was a lot. It was great. I but could tell that he wanted, whoops, I could tell he wanted to drink and smoke a lot more than, than we you, gave him. Than we gave him. Like he, <laughs> he, he would love it here probably, right? Like it's, Yeah. We, well, we, the problem was it wasn't, this is a much better view. You could see each other really clearly. And before we had monitors in front of everybody yeah. and it, you couldn't tell if a guy had no beer in front of him. So right. you couldn't. Yeah, Keep I, it coming. I I actually found out that he wanted another beer by Twitter. I just looked over, and I guess he had been like like knocking his. Uh, Why doesn't he just say, "Can I have another beer"? I don't know because that's like what I would say. Interview. That's, yeah, I guess people don't get it. It's like super relaxed here too. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. That, I guess that's it. Everyone feels like it's an interview. You know, like today's show. I mean, that's what we got in trouble with the the Jan Irvin thing, where we didn't want it to be an interview. We're like, dude, this I knew you were friends, man. I've known you for a fucking decade. Let's have a conversation. Can we have a conversation? Yeah. 
you know, instead of it being an interview. Which, speaking of, uh, Dennis McKenna just reached out to me. Ten- Terrence McKenna's brother. Oh no way! He wants to do the podcast. Is he is he in the same line as oh, in them, yeah. or is he like the brother that gives no doesn't like no gust oh, no, and no, just no. dates he's, chicks? He wrote. <laughs> 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 he's he's written like oh, some peer reviewed papers on psychedelics and worked for uh, a, a bunch of different companies that have used plants for medicine. And he's a professor up in um, I believe he's in Vancouver. I think he's in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, I think that's where he's up. So hopefully we can get him down here, get him on the podcast too. But this, uh, the ability to do this, man, is fucking amazing. This is for for me. This is this this podcast is one of the most fun things we've ever done. Yeah. You know, it's uh, starting off from a fucking laptop in my uh, my Snow- office, <laughs> snowflakes, and then two years later, and really two years later, because uh, we're only a couple year or a couple weeks away from uh, our anniversary. Yeah. And uh, I want to do an anniversary show here at the Ice House. Yeah. I'm thinking like uh, December 23rd. We have a, a just a full Death Squad show. Let's see if they have the uh, the main actually, remote. Actually, I have a date for you that I was going to ask about after the show that I think was something like that. One of those days. Well, we should do that and. Have it not just be um, a show, but have it be a party. Because, man, uh, oh, f- and folks, if you don't know, we got a thing called the Ice House Chronicles. And the Ice House Chronicles are on the Death Squad label uh, podcast. And what Death Squad is is what um, it's the, the podcast um, label that Brian runs. And it's all our friends that are stand-ups. And Sam Tripoli has a podcast there, The Naughty Show, uh, Tom Segura and his wife Christina. They have a, a podcast called Your Mom's House. There's a bunch of podcasts. But one of them is called The Ice House Chronicles. And if you don't know, our podcast studio is located at the Ice House in Pasadena. Please don't stalk us. And if you come down here um, for a show, what we do is we have a room where we have this set up where there's a podcast and it's 10 steps away from the stage. You open this door, more than 10 steps, but you know, you walk out the door, walk out another door, take a laugh, you're, you're right in a comedy club. So we have everybody go from this this podcast right on stage and then off stage right back in the podcast and it is one of the most fun fucking things we've ever done that last one we did was just amazing incredible amazing we had Bert Kreischer we had Joey Diaz we had Ari Shafir we had who who else did Felicia do a set no Eleanor did a set Eleanor Eleanor Kerrigan Rick Ingram Rick Ingram uh, John Heffron was here John Heffron I went up I closed the show Doug, wait, wait, no. Doug Benson, yeah, no, no was Doug Benson. He's been here before. I don't know. He was with me all weekend. <laughs> he was here in spirit. He was in uh, Vegas all weekend. Well, th- we did a show. Uh, we did uh, Steve Renazzisi's show. Yeah. Steve Renazzisi had a show at the Palms, and then afterwards, Dom Herrera went up, and then after Dom Herrera, I went up. Yeah, it was a lot That's of fun. Awesome. We got to get Dom on the podcast, dude. Dom yeah. Dom Herrera's fucking hilarious. And he's super old school. He's been around for... Yeah, he'd be interesting. Yeah, he's a great guy, too. He's a really good guy. I, I play pool with him. We try to play as much as possible, but he plays really good pool. We get together. It's funny. He brought up uh, that that movie, Enter the Void and Irreversible. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I hated about the movie was that how there's like parts in it where it's just like seizures. Like it's flashing strobe lights in your eyes for like five minutes, you know, and you're just like, all right. And I have Which to, one? Enter the and, Void? And or? Both of them I think have it, but Enter the Void is the one that I remember the most where you're just, you, I just had to look away from the TV. And it was weird because last night I was reading about this uh, urban legend from the 80s that it's an arcade game. And I read this on Kotaku.com. It's a, a, a video game called, I think it's called Polybius. Is this it, the one that gave people seizures? Yeah, it gave yeah. you seizures, and supposedly the, the urban legend is the CIA was testing it out in the 80s in arcade games, 
and like sent doing messages to it to, to like try to like would get information from it like once like a week subliminal and stuff messages like yeah like it had to have like random tests but this well, is all crazy proven. that they actually used to do that when you would go to the movies they would actually have like subliminal messages hungry eat popcorn they would have that like in the in the film where you yeah. would you would be watching I, I don't know if they actually did it during the movie or did they do it during commercials Here's, I think they did it during the actual movie. Here's actually the video game now. If you look on the monitor right there, this that's supposedly uh, this is our, what supposedly it looked like. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the actual. Game. That's what it looks like when you do DMT. But like this is supposed to be the video game. Then you can see on the, the right side there's like a spaceship that you're shooting, and I don't know. This might give us this <laughs> this, um, this dime this uh, geometric pattern in the center and all that swirliness and everything like that. Mm -hmm. What it's for the post listen on iTunes. How do you say this? How do you spell it? Uh, it's it's uh, oh the game. It's yeah. P L. Hold on. Uh, P O L Y B I U S. Sp say that. <laughs> Polybius, I would say. Wow. Something like that. It looks like a psychedelic trip. And now what I was going to say is, I wonder if you can recreate. Like with virtual reality, if you could recreate the visuals of a psychedelic trip, I wonder if it would make you trip. You know, I wonder if it could trigger something in your brain. Yeah. You know, like remember when people used to phone freak? Do you, you remember that shit? Do you remember that, what that was? No. Hackers figured out a way. They used to, the way the phone system used to work, certain tones, like when you would dial someone, when you oh, call right, someone, right. you could, you had certain tones that would allow you to uh, make free long distance calls. They would set off trips, you know, some, somehow or another when you would, you could put a device up to the phone and that device, device would make the, the noises of certain numbers and it would open up switches for you and you could make free long distance wow. calls. Yeah. It's like there was a sound, and that sound hacked the system. Kind of like what a modem does. Like it goes... Sure, something, but it was... I don't... Yeah, I don't know the exact... I think it was like phone sounds, though. I think it just sounded exactly like a phone, but without you actually having to dial it. That's crazy. But if you, if you could do something like that, something along those lines, visually, and make, make a person have a psychedelic trip, that would be fucking bizarre shit, man. Could you imagine... If they could recreate, they figured out a way to do it with computers or whatever, recreate what it's like when you're having a crazy mushroom trip and then just let people try that without actually having to take a drug. Yeah, I'm sure it could be done because they do it with sound also now, don't they? They have like yeah. those things. I forget the guy's name. Some guy sent me something. He has a company that he, he puts, you put your headphones on and you lay back and the sounds like kind of like put you in like a trance. Yeah. I wonder if they could. It's kind of like that with visuals, though, for mushrooms. Yeah, I, got, I know a dude who's into that, but, man, that stuff, I, I don't like talking to people about that, especially Why? when they're super enthusiastic about it. You know, <laughs> Why like, is that? So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit and listen to some fucking music that reprograms my brain. You are healthy. Ah, you are wonderful. Ah, I mean, what is, it, what is it doing? What is it saying to you? Yeah, exactly. I, I would rather just... I mean, if I was in a bad place... And I was trying to uh, become a positive person and get off the crack and you know not kick my dog. You know, then maybe I'd be down for that. But that's uh, I'm not. I'm, I only have a certain amount of time to be introspective in this life. That's funny that you have to go to the uh, Today Show tomorrow. I, I we were talking earlier that you you should just fucking get blitzed or you should put, wear red move. lipstick or red lipstick might be a good move. Maybe <laughs> some rouge because it's outside. Maybe some like like. Maybe Mary Poppins. Maybe rouge. maybe don't even make it that noticeable. Make it like that. It's just that line that goes around your lip only, and then like eyeshadow, like really dark eyeshadow, like Twilight. Style. Maybe I put a black circle around my eye, like Petey the dog from Little Rascals. 
<laughs> and you just like don't talk about it. Like have have you know? Yeah. Just say you can't talk about. Yeah. This maybe, black. maybe a fake nose ring or something. Oh, dude, that's perfect. Yeah. Like Why a, don't you do something? Fake, fake nose ring. Maybe I'll be. I don't know. I usually just want it to be over. I have think fun with it, so man. Silly. It's promoting it. promoting any sort of a TV show. It's like you know, watch it or don't watch it, man. It's like. I don't know. Yeah, but if you do it and then people talk about it on Twitter, it's more promotion and it's more people talking about the Today Show. Yeah, it's but we already talked about it, so now people are like, oh. Yeah, but now people are going to watch what it. What are you going to do? More stunts? What are you going to marry a Kardashian? What's next, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have to do something that's like embarrassing to yourself, like wearing red lipstick. Have you ever thought about that? Because you're, you know, like when you look at like someone like Kim Kardashian and you look at all these people that are, you, you like to play like little games. You like to do like little pranks, little shit like that. You like to troll people. Have you ever thought about getting on some sort of a reality show? Because, uh, you know, like eventually someone's going to offer that to you. You know? Well, I think we keep I think doing this, this, I think this podcast is the biggest reality show. I mean, yeah. like I fucking do, like tomorrow I think I have three. And so, like, that's like two, four, like almost five or six hours I have to talk or be involved in a conversation. But it's like, I think that's bigger than a half hour a week on e entertainment. Yeah, know? I like this format too, better, by the way, with the switching of the cameras. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel like I'm really watching TV. Yeah. You know, I can really watch it. The three people, the, the sliced yeah, up screen. Yeah, that's stupid too, because people are like, oh, we'd like to see your reactions. And I'm like, yeah, well, some of us just are, while we're sitting here, are just doing this the whole time. <laughs> exactly and that's just lame you know how yeah. lame it is knowing that your face is being recorded and broadcast yeah. like when you're just sitting there going uh-huh. well especially for you because sometimes <laughs> like you know i'm asking these people like these really deep questions and you know there's no room for any other people to talk it's right. just him and me right and so you're just sitting there checking your twitter looking at your balls <laughs> right fuck that <laughs> no this is definitely a better setup this whole setup is better it's just it's a it's this is the vibe the vibe that we have here at the ice house is the vibe the comedy store should have had yeah you know a bunch of cool comics hanging out together and it's just uh, i mean oh that's another guy ren Azizi was on a show the yeah. other night too i mean to, to have these shows like that here the difference between these shows and the shows that they have at the comedy stores the comedy store or any of these clubs are going to have some people that you think suck there's going to be a bunch of knuckleheads in there but not these places these places every single person that performs at these ice out shows are our friends. Yeah. You know, they're all funny. Just look for the Death Squad name when you're at their website's Ice House Comedy if you're in LA. So just check look Yeah, for just Squad. follow us on Twitter. We yeah. we do these pretty short notice. Like the last time we announced it on you know, what what night did we do it? Sunday? I think, I think yeah. We announced it on like Saturday. Yeah. I have yeah. one Friday, but I don't know who's gonna be on it, but uh it's, and they I, sell out really Doug quick Benson. too. Uh, Doug Benson you think maybe, maybe. maybe. Um who else is around. But it's always good. They're yeah. always good shows. And a lot of times they're free, right? Uh, Sometimes. Well, usually they're either uh, 10 bucks, uh, but a lot of times, day of show, if I have any tickets left over, I'll just put a. Like, if you check my Twitter, I'll, I'll give a coupon code like Olive Garden, and then you get free tickets if you say that to the cashier. Yeah, and um, on top of that, if you do pay for tickets, it all just goes for this. It goes for the rent and all the equipment here. Yeah. It's, uh, 100% goes right into that. The comics don't even make any money off of it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, Vegas was uh, a fucking trip, man. It was uh, it's interesting to watch the the slow slide of Las Vegas, man. Is because, it hurting still? Oh yeah. Oh, it's just hurting, man. We came there Friday night, and uh, when we were there Friday, we were like, "Whoa, this place is empty." It was weird. It's it's weird empty. You know, the Palms is. Uh, a great hotel. I mean, we've been going there forever. It's always uh, been a great place to see fights. It's the best place, in my opinion, to see fights because it's like super intimate. You know, it's only a few thousand people. So when you're in that Pearl Arena, you're like right there on top of everybody. It's fucking great. But man, the, the amount of people that were there on Friday, it was shocking. 
You know, that's the first thing that goes when the economy starts falling apart. The first thing that goes is people vacationing. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is like almost 100% vacationers. Yeah, and it, and that's why like a lot of the, like the industries like the the I guess the sin industries uh, like like porn and stuff like that are hurting. Like the other day, I I was like, all right, I'm going to help you know the porn industry out. So I what? I went to a website. <laughs> what are you super porn man? No, I went to the, a website. Usually, I just go online and stream porn. So this time, I actually went to a website called like I think it was Stream Made or something like that, and I put my credit card in their system. What? But didn't use it, and and I and what that you do is you go to all these rooms, and there's just previews, like a girl going, "Come on, big papa, come on, why don't you come, you know, pay for a private show?" And you just sit there, and they're like, just teasing you the whole time. So I just used that as uh, my masturbation, going from room to room because it's just people in all these cities, like in Ohio and stuff, they're trying to make money, so they're not real porn stars. So it's just girls with webcams, and there's tons of these rooms. When you go to you uh, jizz. If you go to ujiz.com, when you go to that site, it immediately opens up one of those windows. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And what's cool is a lot of people don't know this. It's like if, you, if you're a girl and you need money, uh, these things, you can block states. So like if you're broadcasting in Ohio and you don't want anyone in Ohio or if you have family in Pennsylvania or something like that, you can block like Ohio <laughs> and Pennsylvania so you won't become in the search. So these are people that are like, you know, doing it on the down low, thinking that no one will know who they are. So you get some of these girls, and some of these girls are fucking amazingly hot, but they're sitting in their bedroom. Now, of course, I never paid for any of them. I just like sat there and went through the preview, but I gave them my credit so card do, number, so that's a step in the right Skype direction. Skype with them? It, it's like a chat room where it's like a it's video. It's just a chat. <laughs> right. And then there's just a bunch of people. And you can do uh, private sessions too. Private though, right? sessions too. Or you can get together with a couple people in the, and they have like, uh, I think they're called parties, where you get together with a couple other people in the room and you all chip in $5. So there's like four of you. So it's, it's better than a strip club because you can like tell that girl to put an apple in her butthole and stuff like that. But it, it, it's, uh, and then you record it, you know, you screencast it. So, you, you know, it's like a little souvenir. You go record it. How do you how do you screencast something? Well, in like in like uh, Mac, you can just open up QuickTime and it has a uh, option to, to screen record in, in QuickTime. Now. I wonder if these girls know that. Oh yeah, they know, they all know it. They know it's yeah. just part of the part of the program, right? There's so many of them. Do you know any girls that do though. that? Do you know any girls do that? Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of porn stars do it now because it's really? it's like, hey, I can make you know, I can travel to Oklahoma and make whatever couple thousand dollars you know, traveling to Oklahoma and stripping or whatever. Or I could just sit in my, my bedroom for a weekend and make the same amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> so I've, I've opened it up, and there's been porn stars there. Like Jill Kelly was doing one the other day, and I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. She's a famous porn star, and here she is. I saw another – there was a, uh, another article about this chick, Jeannie Rivers, she's a really hot porn star. And uh, I, I don't know why I Googled her name. But I Googled her name, and uh, it showed up that uh, she was at the cat house. She's at a brothel now. And so then I read this article about her in the brothel, and it was so depressing. I don't think I'll ever be able to beat off to her again. It was really a bummer because it was, um, it was also about her being with her man and that she has a man that she loves, and it's hard on him because she's at work all day having sex with all these men who come in to have sex with her. And then the, the interviewer asks her, does your man have sex with other women? She said, no, he's not allowed to. She's like, unless he's making money. You know, if you can make money having sex, that's cool. But I'm not at work working your butt off or working my butt off so that you could stay home and fuck all these chicks. I'm like, wow. Yeah. 
and she was talking about how much it costs, you know, and that if someone wants to take her out for a, an outside date, it's really, really expensive because then she's had time away from her man, you know, and the one she so loves. Weird. And I'm, but I'm like, wow, that is so strange. I mean, that's such a clear case of someone sort of distorting their their wants and needs and desires and just allowing their life to be morphed but still clinging on to this romantic notion right that's, you know how many that's like porn denial. stars have like hopeless romantic written in their profile oh yeah but it they, it's they have all these rules that make it like oh no you know i'm allowed to sleep with two black eyes and ass <laughs> twice a day but you, you can't. Guys in the ass. But you can't talk to your ex girlfriend. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, you would think that there would be nothing off the table. Yeah, everything's on the table now. You right. know, you just took it in the ass by this giant gangbanger black dude, and then he come and he came in your nose and your mouth, and <laughs> and then you're asking me why my girlfriend's texting me. Yeah. The fuck? That's, why is your ex girlfriend texting you? That's ridiculous. You? But I'm, I'm sure that's happened. It, all variations are possible. The whole spectrum is possible. It's like that was one of the coolest things about talking to Shane uh, uh, and getting a, a sense of, uh, you know, all the different places that he's been and the, just the, the full range of possible human behavior. You realize how fucking incredibly lucky we are, man. Mm, that's right. I was just thinking about lighting that up. We we're so insanely lucky. To be here in America and the way we are living, I mean, we're in California. It's nice as shit. I mean, it's fucking December and it's like 75 degrees today, right? Yeah. What was the temperature today? It was like 70-ish, 75. It's beautiful. People still here in Pasadena still don't have fucking power in some places. Or they didn't a couple like two days ago. It was that crazy wind, right? Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Can you imagine? I'm good. Can you All right. I'm can you imagine not having fucking power for a week? And yeah, a I could. When I lived in Colorado, the power would go off all the time. And the um, generator would kick on. I was, that's weird. Because then you go, whoa, now we're just connected to this tank. You know, and how much is in this tank? You have a you generator know? at your house? No, I need to get one. I need to get one, too. Yeah, because zombie apocalypse now. During the zombie apocalypse, you're going to want uh, something to power the searchlights. You know? So look out the window. I could never live that far away from a city that, like Shane was saying, you know, oh, move like to a lake. lake somewhere really, really far away. <laughs> I would like a place like that for a vacation home. That would be yeah. awesome. You know, I looked at, uh, I went up to Lake Sherwood. I looked at houses up How in Lake was Sherwood. That? Fucking amazing. Amazing. Do you recommend Beautiful. going there for a weekend? Yes, Is that a good weekend place? Totally. There's a, uh, up in Lake Sherwood's a little closer. Big Bear's up there too. There's a bunch of different places to stay. We stayed at the resort. There's a Lake Sherwood resort. It's a really nice place. Good restaurant. The restaurant was great. And uh, you're right on this lake. A crazy man-made lake. It was like one guy's dream and mission to put it together. There's like some history of it. I don't remember. I got it secondhand from Mrs. Rogan. She read it. But the houses are badass, man. There's all these houses like right on the lake and you got your own little dock and people just take their boats and just drive out on the lake. I'm like, what a cool thing it would be to have a vacation house on a lake. Oh, that would be nice. Really I just want like, so my own canoe. Though. Like my friend yeah. Jason, uh, his mom had a place that they had like a, a little lake in the back and they had a little dock and they had their own little canoes and, and then like he would just go over to his mom's house and just like smoke some weed and just like float in the fucking lake yeah. behind his house. Oh, and dude, if you have a fishing rod, man, there's nothing nicer than getting up at like five in the morning before the sun even breaks, pulling that boat out onto the uh, out onto the clear water and just casting a line out there and catching your breakfast. 
It's fucking great, man. It's fun. It's beautiful. There's something calming about being on water. It's why everybody wants to be right there. They want a house right there on the water. I mean, how much time are you going to actually be spending on a boat? You know, are you, are you going to do that every day? Probably not. No. It would be way more economically feasible to get a house like just a little further away that you could just kind of get to the water real quick. But there's something about being like right on a body of water that people love. Yeah, Sal from uh, Sal's Comedy Hole, he was telling me uh, he, has, he has a boat. He like he got this humongous boat. And uh, he will just like go and take a girl like, you know, on a date, take right in the middle of the ocean, fucking drop anchor and just fucking sit there and have some wine and just sleep there the whole night in the wow. middle of the fucking ocean. Holy shit. Can you imagine doing that? That would be a trip. Then you run the risk of a tsunami killing you in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. What do you sleep with a life preserver on? You gonna get an is there yeah. an alarm they gonna ring when the Earth shifts? No, there's probably some kind of it. like boat signal thing when you're on there that's like, hey, watch out, there's a tsunami. <laughs> you know, there's probably like some I bet not. I bet there's a radio that you have to stay tuned to. There's yeah. probably a tsunami warning. But meanwhile, if it's a big one, maybe everybody just says, "Fuck this alarm! Just run! <laughs> Hit that alarm! Let's get out of here!" This would be cool to have a boat that was big enough that it had a hot helicopter pad on. On yeah. Also, and oh, like one of those mega yachts. Yeah, mega yachts. Yeah, but that's how you get killed by pirates. <laughs> right. See, that's that. the scariest thing about Africa, man. I wish we talked to that dude more about all these people that get jacked and killed by pirates. Yeah, that sucks because we all kind of started late. We were running all running late, and so he had to leave. Yeah, he had a New York Times thing he that, was going to. That could have right easily went three, four hours yeah. for me. That we'll, was. We'll get awesome. him back again. He that guy's awesome, <clears throat> and I'm gonna um I'm gonna try to. I mean, whether whether we have to go to New York or he has to go to LA, he'll be in LA again. Especially if he's going to do this HBO thing. Fuck, that was a great conversation. Are you doing though. any comedy when you're in New York? Uh, no. The Cellar has a their own uh, podcast now. They the comedy do. Cellar. Really? Oh, yeah. that's smart. Yeah. They do it from the cellar, like uh-huh. live from the cellar. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. It's a good idea doing it live from a comedy club. Of course. But, but you should uh, you should go down there if you're if you're doing any comedy. Try to find Louis and get him. You know, record a sh- quick. No, if I got it, Louie, I'll get him to come down here whenever he's in L.A. But he's, you know, he's just, he's so busy. He's one of those dudes I feel bad about asking. I feel like I'm imposing, you know, because I know that he's got kids and he fucking edits his own show on a laptop and <laughs> right. writes a new hour every year. Like, you'd want to talk about a dude who's busy. That guy, I always want to just, I don't know, I never want to bug him. Yeah. He's uh, one of those weird inspirational workers. You know, when you ever feel like you're you're working enough, you know, you look at what that guy does and you go, Jesus Christ. He edits his own show on a fucking laptop on a 13-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> it's probably not even that. It's probably like an iBook, a white one. He <laughs> 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 has a Logitech mouse with two buttons. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what made him such a driven person. I think it had to probably be fatherhood, most likely. Most likely, that's what... Being a Mexican ginger probably is weird, too. Mexicans <laughs> do work hard. Yeah, he's a know? hard worker, and he's got he's making up for being right There's a guy named Canelo Alvarez who's a Mexican ginger who's a, a boxing champion. He's badass ginger who's a Mexican. He's just beating the shit out of everybody. He's really fucking good, too. It's interesting. It's interesting to watch. You know? There's a lot of different Mexicans. Some of them are actually Louis C.K. That's people that think we're joking around, but Louis C.K. is born in Mexico, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. I don't know if he's born in Mexico, but he's. I think fucking, he lived there for like five years. Parents are Mex- from Mexico, but he's fucking Mexican. Yeah, as strange as it is. Yeah, but um, I don't want to go to Mexico. I got no desire to go down there, especially after talking to him. After this guy was talking about the the narco killings and all that crazy shit down there. The, I would I'm probably sure go cool to Cabo still. or something like that. I think Cabo is probably still fine if you're in any yeah, of those huge resorts. Such a, such a risk. 
I know it's still. F- I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I know a lot of people that go, but it still seems such a risk. Yeah, there's know? a couple of places I want to go. I want to go Cabo, but Japan is probably at the top of that. Even with this nuclear thing, I think that's just gonna, that. Would, you're very lucky. Get, you're get, you're going to that. I you want to go? I would love to go, dude. Right. I would, that's my, always been my dream. Come is with to me. fucking go there and just. Come I think with I would me. just we'll want to stay there. That'd be amazing. Okay, you're in February. Done. Word. You going to Japan, son? Ah. <sighs> Are you nervous? Yeah, I'm not really nervous. I'm. You better bring a Geiger counter and wrap it around your dick. I'm just gonna b- bring a lot of condoms. Can you imagine if you you were right about to stick it in? You're like, before I fuck you, let me just put a Geiger counter in your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna wear Levi jeans and jean jackets the whole time I'm there. I'm gonna comb my hair. I'm gonna grow my hair out a little and like, like comb it like Elvis and stuff like that. I'm gonna I do think... all the typical things I need to do. <laughs> if you if you think that that's how they live right now, that's probably from like 1990. They probably yeah. want to be rescued, no? Do you think, what, girls? <laughs> yeah. They probably, yeah, they probably would like to be rescued. Some of them. You'll find a few. <laughs> you'll find some that want to rescue you. Sounds like heaven. What's, do, you, are you, do you have a thing for Japanese chicks? Japanese, yeah. yeah. I think that's, the, I, I, I'm not, I just grew up with a Japanese friend, so I've always done the Japanese culture. I've, I've hung out with Japanese girls. When I couldn't get laid, I would hang out with these hot Japanese girls because they were friends of his. So I kind of grew up with, like, Asian, being around Asians a lot, like, you know, so you have a little bit of yellow fever somewhere it's in the just, back of your head. Yeah, they're just so, I don't know, Exotic. 1940s Difference. American girls. <laughs> like in what way? It's <laughs> very polite and nice and beautiful and, you know, like, they're not going to sit there and talk about fucking Gossip Girl for five hours. They're not? <laughs> I bet they would. I know. Once scary. they become Americanized, they're exactly the same. Yeah, that's why you got to get them right out of the pan or whatever. Japan woman. <laughs> the pan. Right out of the pan. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you even <laughs> laughing at that, man? Get him right out of the pants. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so, well, uh, it was... Uh, you like Asian <laughs> girls, don't you? Uh, yeah, they're, they're exotic. Mm-hmm. Something crazy about them. They, they're alien. Yeah. Well, that's what I always said. They, they have yeah. a little bit more alien. If you believe all the shit about aliens come down here and manipulating monkeys and making people out of them, well, they definitely put more alien in, in Asians. They're really good at math, right? Yeah. You know, is that racist to say? Line. It probably is. <laughs> Why? That they're good at something? They're good at math. How could that be? It's like racist to say black guys have big dicks. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, there's white guys who have big dicks too, but there's way more black guys who have big dicks. Like Especially like porn stars. It's like every other black guy in porn has this giant hog, and you've never even seen this guy before. Whereas like white guys with big dicks, they're in a lot of movies, man. There's a, lo- a white guy like a John Holmes. They fucking parade that guy around like the fucking great white hope. You know? He's... <laughs> they... they they put his picture on a flag and carry it high. Look, look, a white guy with a big dick told you. <laughs> but you see a black guy with a big dick, you're like, yep, and another one. There's another one. There's another one. Well, guys you've never even heard of. There needs to be a study. I'm sure there is a study. About to dick see if size? It, Yeah, to see if that's real. Because I always heard that it's not. It's just that you only see black dicks when it's in porn, and it's always, like, the best chosen meats, you know, and stuff like that. It's not... Maybe, typical. but I, in my opinion, it probably is related to being metamorphic, mesomorphic rather. There's there's three different body types. There's ectomorphic, endomorphic, and mesomorphic. Endomorphic is people that have just they're naturally kind of chubby and they have a real hard time losing weight, slow metabolism. Endomorph- endomorphic is people are super th- or ectomorphic rather is people are super thin. Ectomorphic is like you know like people, like, like anon. It's the sativa. Yeah, like anon, like you know a guy who you look at him, you go, the guy can't put weight on. Johnny Archer, skinny, really skinny guys that like you look at him and you go, man, this guy's 
he probably has a real hard time putting muscle on. And then mesomorphic. Mesomorphic is like Rampage, like Quentin Rampage Jackson. <laughs> you look at that guy. Don't make those monkey noises when I'm talking about a black man. That's just rude. Oh, no, I meant like fighters. Like, oh, like they're, okay. they're, like they're huge okay. muscle guys. How dare you? I'm sorry. I didn't even think Brock about Lesner. that. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is an example of mesomorph. It's a guy who's just giant muscle. You know, big, wide frame, big hands, big feet. If you don't think that guy's got a big dick, you're crazy. Right. You know, if you don't think Rampage has a big dick, you're out of your fucking mind. Of course he has a big dick. Look at the rest of them. Any, like, we, were, we talked about Ch- Czech Congo. You know, I remember we did a thing on the podcast about it. Czech Congo was laughing when he saw me because he had heard about it. It's like, it's right here. And he like, puts his hand like, down near his knee. <laughs> and, and, and joking around about it because you look at the dude, you're like, that guy must have a fucking monster in his pants. You know, there's no way he doesn't. He's this gigantic super athlete. Six foot four, sculpted, broad shoulders. He's probably got a dick that would just tear you apart. Or it's really, really small. I don't think so. Super smooth person. That would be what a lot of white people would hope. That, you know, at the end of the day, he, he's small and he likes he likes girls, you know, to, to you know, fuck him in the ass with dildos. And, he, you know, he's not he's not really this It guy. happens, though. It happens it both happen. ways, too, it man. It does happen. Jonathan Daniel Brown, who's in that new movie Project X that I always talk about, his dick is fucking like a monster. Who's that? He's a, a, sm- a little comic kid, that uh, real nice guy. Uh, you've met him a couple of times, and he's in that new move, movie, Project X, the guys that did Hangover and all that. Mo- right. That. And it comes out in, like, March or something. But he's in that movie, and before he did a porno, uh, he did a bang bus, and it was, like, Geeks Gone Bad or something like that. And, man, in that movie, he fucking just has a monster dick. And no. it's like a, he's this little chubby, nerdy what comic book guy John, Jonathan Daniel Brown Is that video online? Can you pull it up? Uh, it's, been, it's been pulled It's been pulled But I can find you Who I, pulled I, it? Um, probably The Warner Brothers <laughs> Do you think they like Paid people off To have No to Jonathan actually Told him about it And they're, they I think because of What the movie is You know Did he tell them about it After they had already Cast him No I think they filmed it I think w- during the The audition Really But see I think That's what this movie Is like that cool That they were like It doesn't matter That's actually better You, you know? really think He told them During the audition Yeah that's what he said Oh like hey there's, Before you go on There's something You should know I yeah. did a bang bus once Yeah Okay Yeah that's it. And it's on it, the table. It was uh, beautiful, man. And it, because it if was you beautiful? see, it was because like, dude, that's like the shit I like. Because you see that guy, and you're just like, man, you know, this guy, he he, he always needs to get pussy. He's always, you know, talking about how he never he never gets laid. He's a virgin, whatever. He just turned 21. I was I went to his 21st birthday party, and and like you're hanging he was, around with 20 year olds. Well, he's such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I first met him, he had a bag of comic books, and I was just like, hey, what do you got there? And I was like looking through his comic books. I mean, and he was just you could tell like when you meet certain people, you're just like man this guy is just he's good people right right and so uh so when i heard he did a porn i was like oh man i can't believe you did a porn dude what is, that's crazy then i saw it i'm like all oh, right this is beautiful because he takes out his dick and you're like what that's that's ridiculous i mean probably like that big. how many inches 10 inches uh, t- 10 to 12 inches i'd probably say his dick is 10 and, to and 12 it's inches thi- it's thick Son, like listen google shirts this man's dick it's out there i need to see this <laughs> pull that shit up on the right, monitor see if i can What's his, how do you say his name again? Jonathan Daniel Brown. I don't think it's Damn. listed under that. Homeboy's got a 12-inch dick? Yeah, it's huge. That's ridiculous. I think that would be too much of a good thing. You know, when you want to get blowjobs, chicks would be like, what the fuck am I going to do with that thing? <laughs> you know? Like you would say, like a guy with like a little dick has one advantage, and that is that girls could deep throat the shit out of him all day. Probably feels awesome. But it probably doesn't feel as awesome because there's not as much surface area. Because if a guy with a big dick gets deep-throated, that's like a, a whole long slip-and-slide of pleasure. 
Whereas someone with a little dick, that's, you know, just a little a little digit, like a first digit on the finger. It's, it's probably there's never enough sex. Probably never, you know, when you're doing long strokes, you think about all the pipe you're laying. You think about all the inches combined, you know. You feel like you're actually getting something done. But if you have a little dick, you probably feel like you're never really getting in there. And so you come and you're never satisfied. It, 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 uh, it's been pulled. Okay. <laughs> but I, I saved it. I, I pirated Bay. It, Where is it? Allegedly. Uh, it's at the house. At the house at somewhere. The casa? And it's somewhere. Casa de Burbank. But yeah, he's a nice guy. We'll get him on uh, Ice House Chronicles at some point. What is his, his movie? His movie's called Project X. It, it's it's badass looking. It's like one of those movie previews where you're like, oh, that's going to be fun. It's it's actually looks really good. And what is it about? Um, it's one of those high school party animal house type things, but uh, it's like during these times type it, it looks like it's been done a million times but you want to watch the preview we can watch the preview sure let's watch the preview okay are we allowed to i think it's because it's a preview i don't yeah we're only trying to promote <laughs> your movie for free man uh project x video <clears throat> there we go and it's on youtube project x Mom, Dad, is this him? Thomas. No. Um, where do I start? Tell me when the dude with the giant dick shows right. up. Uh, this is supposed to be a small get together. I wanted to be cool for one night. You know, I wanted girls to notice me. Then things got a little out of control. Tonight's about the girls we never had a shot at. Tonight's about changing the game. There he is. Did you see him? Yeah, yeah, right yeah, here yeah, on yeah. the on the right, walking in with the glasses. Oh, changing the game. Right there. On the right. So that guy on the right has a humongous dick, and the other two guys probably. Oh, I've seen his porn. Yeah. Okay. You 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 are exaggerating. You showed this to me before. It's 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 a fairly large dick, but it's nowhere near a foot long. You don't think? No. But it is a fun video to watch. Just big enough to be cool. Game changer. And uh, for the folks that are just listening, <laughs> this is just all this crazy house party scenes. It's these young geeky guys who are on these super hot chicks, and it just says Project X. Hello? Thomas? Dad, hey. Well, we just wanted to call one last time. Make sure you were set for the night. Oh my god! <laughs> they just drove a car into a pool. Yeah, his parents left so March second, and you never, go to Facebook dot com. Never, never leave your fucking teenage boys alone <laughs> on a weekend. I've always been amazed when people do that shit. You know, my sister tried to do that once when we were kids. My parents went somewhere. We were in high school. My sister had a fucking party, really? and, I, and I came home and kicked everybody out. I like, never did that. Who does? I didn't here. think really people did. You that. had to be a retard. Yeah. I kicked every. My sister was so pissed off. You know, you can't tell me. You got a hundred fucking people in our house. Get the fuck out of here. I kicked everybody. Out. I was like, you got to be out of your fucking mind. I would never. You're gonna that. allow people to wander through my bedroom and your bedroom. You don't even know half these fucking people. 
that's you know? a that's a popularity thing. Like, oh, I want to yeah, be popular. Exactly. I want to be cool. Let's have a party. But whenever, whenever I used to go to parties in high school, I was always thinking that, like, who is allowing these fucking kids to put these parties on? If you go to a party with high school boys and there's drinking, seven out of ten times something fucked up happens. Yeah, seven out of ten. Did you have the friends though? I think I don't know if we ever talked about this. But did you ever have the friends that, that had the parents that would drink with you and like they would have parties and the parents would be sitting there on the couch drinking with you? That yeah, I have, that was very common for yeah, some reason. I did have some friends like that, but that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, it's not in like rural. I mean, maybe in rural America it does. Yeah. But, I mean, in, in normal cities, that shit doesn't happen. People, they, they tell their parents, and then their parents have you arrested. You, you can't just give or kids put alcohol. It, vit, put it on Facebook, and then yeah. everyone knows about it. What is the rule about alcohol? Like, you can't even have alcohol in your home. Can you have alcohol in your home if you're under 21? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can. You can have it in your under home. Under your parents' supervision? Parents, Are you sure? Yeah, uh, yeah. At what age? I, I think you're allowed to have alcohol. If you're of age and you have younger kids. Let's ask Siri. You think <clears> Siri will know? What's that? What? What are you going to say to her? I'm going to say, hmm, that's a good question. How do I? Whoa, that's real. Um, I'm going to say, uh, at what age are young people allowed to drink alcohol under adult supervision? Minors. I mean, okay, if, under it's what parents, age are minors? if it's your parents, I think your parents Parental are Parental supervision. Here we go. Parents can do Here's it. Here's At what age are minors allowed to drink alcohol under parental supervision. All right, get this right. She's okay. just going to Google that shit. Yeah, she, she nailed it. You don't understand. Yeah, that's too, that's too complicated. Stupid Siri. <laughs> Someday. That's way too complicated. Siri's like, okay, what the what, fuck? I could barely understand. Is there a understand. way to, to abbreviate that? Well, I think, isn't, isn't it parents are allowed to, you're allowed to let your kids okay, do it, but... I'm sure it's not. Hold on, how, how about this? Can kids drink alcohol at home? Sorry, I don't understand. Can kids drink alcohol at home? Okay, let me ask them. Are you a useless cunt? I'm afraid I can't answer that. I'm sorry, Joseph. She got she got shitty with me. She called me Joseph. Tell me a joke. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Oh, I'm on airplane mode, maybe. I'm really sorry about this, but I can't take any requests right now. I get that a lot. Yeah, this thing sucks. I love it. I love it for simple things, though. What is the meaning of life? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nothing. Let me try again. What is the meaning of life? Reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. That's deep. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. Wrong answer. The answer is to crush your enemies, have them <laughs> driven before you, and to hear the laminations <laughs> of the women. Let's see if she understands that. Wrong answer. The answer is to crush your enemies, have them deliver before you, and the hidden laminations of the women. Siri, you are useless. Siri, did you fart? How about this? How about this? How about this? Hold on. Come on, bitch. No comment. Oh, Ooh. that 
dirty bitch. bitch. <laughs> I'm thinking of getting a droid throne. Throne. <laughs> Whoops. She said, are you? Yes. I think I like Android phones. What is your opinion of them? I prefer not to say. She prefers not to say. What's the best Android phone on the market? Getting your current location. Hmm. Wait, what's she, what's she doing? Sending the FBI over no, here. No, 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 no. She's, she's going to send you to something. 57 East Holly Street in Pasadena. What? what? Call the market? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Okay. Because you could buy Android phones about, at the market. How about this? No. No, thank you. I don't want directions. <laughs> what are the negatives in buying an Android phone? Calling Redbun. Calling Redban? It's calling you. <laughs> That's right. How dare this thing's you. a piece of shit. How dare you? It's calling you. By the way, your phone number just got released on the internet. Huh? Because she said your phone number. <laughs> you might have to get a new number. <laughs> this dirty oh, whore just ratted you out, dude. People are going to go back it. and they're going to... Did she really say it? Yep, she, she that said sucks. it. Please don't call me. Don't call him. How crazy is it, though, that, that, that that's what she did? She called you. She, she knows you're my tech guy. Is your phone ringing? Hmm? No, it didn't. You call, oh, you call my old phone. Oh. <laughs> Thank God. That's right. The new phone is Red Band Reborn. That's right. Uh, you don't even have that phone anymore. Yeah, I do. I use but it. But it's for, not on. No, it's not. <laughs> um, I have the number that I pay every month for the number for some dumb reason. Yeah. Why is it? It said call Red Band. That's hilarious. Siri sucks. What a useless fucking service. It's like you're paying for something that will, will be good one day. Well, no, it's it's good for what it's meant for. Do you it's, use it? Yeah, I use it every day. It's mostly meant <laughs> what? for... What? What do you do every day with mostly, it? Mostly it's me laying in bed going, uh, set my alarm clock for 8 and 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Or, ah. or, or if I'm driving and somebody texts me, I'll just reply back and that always works really uh, the search you do it through the speaker system in your car yeah because you have, have a, a bluetooth ford, ford sync yeah so yeah i use it through that i mean and things like that or like if you're just like you know schedule or what's my schedule like tomorrow i'll read you what what's on your schedules uh or or things like that like dictation and and stuff like that i use it for for the questions things i don't really ask i never do that like i never do like what what is life and what's farts and stuff it's stuff i did when i first got it but i don't even like do that anymore i use it mostly just for basic shit you gave up on all that other shit? But it's good. You know, texting alone is almost dead on. Or if you're in your car and you put, like, if, if you, anytime you have a keyboard in your car, so, like, if you, you're on Google, uh, it will pull up in your car, or you can hit the microphone icon, uh, which is right there on the bottom, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and then you can just speak what you want to search. So yeah. if you're in your car, you can just search shit in your car all You shouldn't the time. do that, because then you're reading shit. Don't be fucking with your phone in your <laughs> no, car. No, then I read, I read it out. I read, I read it, it at stoplights. No, I have Fuck it read it out loud to me. Now the new iPhones have the uh, the text to uh, voice to text function, so you can make text messages with your voice, and it fucking works good, dude. I tried it this weekend. I even said, "Hey, let's go fuck babies," and then I wrote, "I'm just kidding, lol," and it, it came out, LOL. "Hey, let's go fuck babies." Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you know what they also have? I read <clears throat> is that it has the carrier thing on in the software. Oh, IQ carrier? Yeah, no, it, only it, iOS 3. That's when it was in diagnostic mode only. In uh, Android phones, it was being sent out constantly. It's not the same form that it is. I swear to God, I just read it on uh, 9 to 5 Mac that, that it's still in there. 
Really? They're still they, in there and broadcasting? Yeah. Ooh, I haven't heard about. This. Is this a new thing? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think they just finally said that they're going to update it, uh, take it out. And what is this carrier update. IQ? Is this some government agency or is it just some some diagnostic software that's shitty code? What well, it's it's all statistics. Supposedly, is what what it seems like. It's like everything is yeah being transmitted, but it's being randomized, so you can't pinpoint you with all this information. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, it's so I don't th- know how dangerous or crazy it is, but Al Franken, uh, who's the Al as, Franken, the senator, yeah, senator, he's uh, giving them like a deadline. Congressman, what is he? Congressman or senator? Yeah, whatever. He's giving them a deadline. To he's what? giving them a deadline to explain what the fuck's going on. Uh, and I think the deadline was today. I haven't heard anything new from it, but I'm looking right now. Yeah, what the fuck is going on, man? That's creepy shit. Yeah. When I saw that, when that kid, uh, for folks who don't know what's going on, there's a video that's online where an Android developer found a way to go into the operating system and he uncovered some files. You know, one of the cool things about Android is that, you know, you can kind of hack into them and uh, like real techie dudes love them because you can, you know, you can um, um, uh, root them and put a completely different operating system on them. And, you know, it's like some carriers and some um, uh, phone um, manufacturers on the Android system, they put their own user interface on. You know, like they have Motorola Blur, and there's a, a, cu- a couple different ones. And some people don't like that, so developers create their own shit. So there's like a lot of flexibility in the, in the platform. Well, this one guy got in it, and he was fucking around, and he found out that there's something called Carrier IQ, and that Carrier IQ literally logs every single thing you do, every number you press, every time you send a text to someone, it shows the actual text, and it logs it and sends it to some fucking database somewhere. So some company has, for every Android phone that has this on it, some company has an exact record of every freaky text, every fucking weirdo is every cent, every, every picture of dude's dicks that went flying through the air all that I, is it pictures too is picture stored too or uh, do they just let you know that you sent a picture I think just sent a picture and Apple released a statement it looks like five days ago saying we stopped supporting carrier IQ with iOS 5 in most of our products in most and we'll remove it completely in a future software update Wow, so they still have it in some of their products. Right, but, but they went to 4S. But they said, we, we never recorded keystrokes, messages, or any other personal information for diagnosis data and have no plans to ever do so. They did say that. So they used, they used a form of it which was randomized. It, it wasn't the, the, the meat, which is what the Android's like supposedly text I don't know how they thought they were going to get away with that. How do they think they're, do you think they thought they were going to get away with that or they just, is it a mistake? Like, what is it? What's I, going on here? I, I think it's one of those things like that Saturday Night Live or that South Park skit. Like, did you read the terms of it? Uh, you know, the terms where you mm-hmm. agree to something. It probably says in there that you agree that, that, that we will send out information to test and for logistics and stuff like that. It's and probably, track your fucking and track, text messages. And track your text messages. Every freaky thing you said. Yeah. I mean, how many people are out there right now panicking because of the nutty fucking freak shit that they're into? I want to suck on your toes and piss in your ear. You know, how many people are out there? Oh, Al Franken has given Senator, or, I mean, December 14th as its final day to respond to all its requests for information of what the fuck's going That's on. That's next Thursday. Yep. Wow, he's given plenty of time to come up with a good excuse or go to Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that? He is a senator. That, I mean, yeah. that's that's 
that's ridiculous. I remember him being on Saturday Night Live, being the crazy weather guy, where he would yeah. have in the background, he would have like that umbrella. Well, he's a very antenna. smart man. You know, it's uh, it's he's the exact kind of senator you want. Uh, you know, he's a very bright guy. He's a guy who can draw the United States of America. You ever see him do that? Mm-mm. He can draw it. He draws the shapes of all the states from memory. Oh, wow. He just gets a big piece of paper and he just does the outline and it's pretty fucking accurate, man. It's crazy to watch. He's a super, super bright guy and a, a real patriot. You know, whether you agree with his politics or don't agree with him, man, he's, he, there's no doubt about that guy's an intelligent guy and it seems to me that he's always on the right side of things. Yeah. I mean, President I someday, right? Oh, it's impossible. impossible. Not, not sucking He's not demon chosen. cock. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you can be a president unless you're playing ball. Right. You know, look at Obama. We thought Obama was going to be some big change. He's he hasn't changed anything. He's changed people's opinions of politics. I'll tell you that because now people think it's all horseshit. You know, you see this guy get in and they send thirty thousand more troops to Afghanistan a couple of weeks after he wins a Nobel Prize right. for peace, and you're like, what? What is this? This is the strangest change ever this seems like exactly the same thing we're, we're still in afghanistan and i mean now finally they're pulling people out of iraq but it's you know it's after we've established some sort of a puppet government there yeah the whole thing's crazy i, I he he really proved to me that there's you know the, the system is locked down and why you know how could it be any other way at this point when we already know about lobbyists we already know about special interest groups and all the people that finance political campaigns and then when they started passing laws saying that corporations were actually like individuals and they could donate as much money as they wanted to presidential candidates and political candidates the fucking game's over it's hijacked it's done a guy like al franken or a guy like ron paul or and people keep getting mad at me like why are you saying that he never has a chance don't say that ron paul doesn't have a chance it's bullshit and it's disrespectful for all those people that are working on the campaign I'm not saying because I wouldn't want Ron Paul to be president. It's just my opinion. And it's not saying that this can't be overcome, because I'm certain it can. It's not like this evil, corrupt empire that's running this country can stay in place forever. No, it, it, it's cyclical. It's all going to move out, and some new people are move in, and the people that are alive now will be dead eventually. But I just think the way it's set up right now, <laughs> we're, we're in a, a state where people have accepted the fact that it's corrupt. And in, until they rush Washington, D.C. with fucking f- torches and pitchforks, they don't really have the right attitude. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to, this is not going to change through voting. The, the voting isn't going to change a goddamn thing. You can't vote for anybody. You can't, they don't give you the chance. You, you don't get the opportunity to actually, and if you did, they would rig the machines. It's been proven. It's been for the Diebold Company. Go look up the HBO documentary, the Hacking Democracy, where they show that they've made electronic voting machines with a third party option where someone can come in and the third party can put in information, not the person voting, not the person recording the vote, but a third party can come in and, and change the vote. And they changed it on the show. They showed it that this stuff has been engineered to rig. And, you know, these, these um, programmers, computer programmers, there's many of them online that have gone over the software and said there's only one way that you, or one reason to make a machine like this with co- that's coded like this. That's so that you can manipulate the data. Period. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. Beyond fucked up. It's, you know, the Kerry, when, when Kerry won the, that Bush election, that was one of the first times ever where the exit polls did not match the, the actual numbers. It's like it's, things were weird. It's like the, p- people thought that Kerry was going to win by a landslide and, and, and in certain places, and he would wind up losing by a small percentage. And if you look at, I shouldn't say landslide. 
I don't think he was projected to win anywhere by a landslide, <laughs> but even win it. Right. My point is, if you if you look at what these uh, programmers, there's this one guy who's very, very um, well-spoken and uh, very uh, credentialed, uh, very educated computer programmer, very well-respected guy, and he was going in-depth about the way this was constructed and that there's only one way or one reason to do that, and that's for deception. That's for, for changing it. So that's why I say a guy like Ron Paul is probably never going to get in there. Now, when you talk to this guy like Shane and you just, you know, you, you see all the shit that this guy sees or you hear about all the shit that this guy sees, you know, you're really worried, man. Like, how bad can things get? Can, can, can things get worse here? You know, are we, is that what 2012 is? Like a period of the great slide where we slide backwards before we rebuild again and, and have to have some new constitution drafted up because these fucking cunts ruined everything? What happens? I don't know. I th- it, it, it seems like even though it sucks and everything sucks, and us, like w- there's definitely good but things. But it doesn't. That it's still the best country in the world. This is the best time to be alive. Unemployment's actually up for the first time in like, I don't know, seven or eight years. Down. No, it, it, I mean, yeah, down. So down. jobs more. D- for more the first time, yeah. Well, but it was only good. like by a point percentage or something like that. But, but it's in the right direction. Well, I would think eventually, you know, people are going to find things to do and people are going to create their own jobs and find, you know, things that they can sell. If, if it's a real free market, you know, what I'm worried about is that the banks are going to collapse even further. I'm worried about the commercial real estate market. I'm worried about the credit card market. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of shit that's still very flimsy in this uh, current economic situation. And when we look at Europe and what's going on with Greece, and, you know, Greece is essentially going bankrupt, and they're going to, uh, you know, Europe is trying to bail them out, and everyone's trying to make sure that they don't collapse. And it's just like, how? I mean, w- w- does it have to fall apart to be rebuilt correctly? You know, you wonder. You're like, man, am I, am I prolonging my punishment? Can I just take my medicine now? Can we go through a, a shit period of 10 years and all of a sudden have a rebuilt society and everything runs nice and smooth and, and even, you know? Yeah. There, uh, there was something uh, I wanted to bring up. Uh, we had a guy on uh, a podcast yesterday. Uh, his name was Skyler. And uh, he... He was in Arizona with his, uh, you know, for Black Friday. He decided, I'm just going to check out Black Friday. He's a comic actor he- here in L.A. And uh, he has a new sh- show on Fuel. But anyways, he was in uh, on Black Friday, and there was this old man with his little kid. And uh, it, they had this thing where you, you have to, like, touch something. And then when they hit a buzzer or something, like, everybody goes crazy and grabs video games, you know. Like, it's set up for... Like chaos. Um, chaos. It's it, like it, Walmart should be shot in the head for how they they do this. It, is it only Walmart, or do a lot of stores do this? I think there's a lot of stores that probably do this, but Walmart's always known for having re- ridiculous things like this, where it's just people are getting trampled, or oh. or they have things where you have to touch something till you know. Anyways, so the this this family was there, a husband and wife, and the, their nephew or something. And uh, this old this guy like it was madness. Everyone was like fucking chaos. And he puts this game in his belt so he can hold on to his kid because his kid was getting trampled and stuff like that. A policeman saw him put this game in his belt, fucking threw him. He was like, "Hey, you get up!" And the old man was like, puts his hands up, and the uh, the policeman throws him down on the ground, smashes his face, blood's just pouring out. The guy is knocked out. He can't even breathe. His fucking kid comes around and goes like, what the fuck, dad? No, he was putting... And his kid's five years old, or this, this nephew. It's five years old. No, he didn't steal. He put it uh, to hold me. Like, his kid was even saying that while it was happening. So, it was like, five-year-old is not going to lie. He's not going to be like, I'm smart enough to know that my dad was shoplifting, and he was putting the game in his pants. Right. You know, like, and... Uh, 
here, I want you to look at this video. He actually, Skyler, the guy who was here, filmed the whole thing, saw the whole thing, had to grab the kid and hold the kid and like calm the kid down. Then we went to, it, found the wife and uh, he actually got lawyers for this family and he's going back and like helping this family out because of the, the police brutality. How old is this guy? Uh, Skyler? The old guy. Uh, you'll see him right here. And he didn't do anything. He saw his blood by his face. He wasn't even shoplifting. Oh my god, there's blood all over his face. Oh my god. He's completely unconscious. For a $15 video game, Joe. And blood is all over his face. Yeah. There. Oh, now he's trying to wake up, so he's twitching. Why did you throw him down so hard? Yeah. All he did was shoplifting, and you threw him down like that? He didn't even shoplift. He just went in there and just Somebody said he yeah, wasn't he even shoplifting. So it's some asshole cop that got a little carried away. And now he's massaging the guy, trying to wake him up. Oh, my God. And so the, the, the police, the, the cop that did it, he was put on administrative leave while they're doing this. This guy's still unconscious. This guy suffered massive head trauma. He's still unconscious. His face is covered in blood. Some woman just stepped in and said she was a nurse and she's trying to help. There was uh, several witnesses, though, so that's good. Yeah, well, whatever. That guy's brain is cooked. And here's something interesting. Right above this, there was five security cameras, and Walmart is saying, because these are all off-duty cops that Walmart has hired, all five of those cameras did not record anything. And so the next day, Skyler, oh. our, our friend that was on the show, came into Walmart to record all those things, and there was now banners on in front of all of the cameras like like blocking the view and where that guy's laying right now there's like a, a carpet and a table and like they're just covering their their ass so the, the fact that there's that there's no video and plus that if you're going to shoplift you probably wouldn't shoplift a 15 dollar game on black friday you'd probably shoplift just on a thursday you know what i mean like well, whatever i mean he <laughs> might have been shoplifting but either even if he was you don't have to take this frail guy and smash his fucking face like that yeah and so Here's, here's the actual news report of it, if you want to watch this. This is kind of interesting. Well, Black Friday getting a black eye, not only here in the valley, but around the country. More on the incidents nationally. And there's all this the blur first, around the guy's face, so you can't see the blood. About this video from a Walmart in Buckeye. A grandfather ends up with a bloody face, and some shoppers blame the Buckeye police. That's right, but police this afternoon have a much different story than what some witnesses told us this morning. Miriam Garcia spoke to police just a few moments ago, and it's live in Buckeye. Miriam, what's their story? Kristen, Buckeye police say that cell phone video only shows the end of what, ha what actually happened out there. They also say that the officer involved did nothing wrong. Now, let's get you to that cell phone video that's causing 
all of this controversy. It happened late last night at a Walmart in Buckeye, and a rush of shoppers stormed the video game section of Walmart. A man was there with his grandson and his wife, and people around them were pushing and shoving to get video games. The 54-year-old man put a video game in his waistband. Police say he was trying to steal that video game. But witnesses tell us he put the game in his waistband to have his hands free so he could get his grandson out of the crowd. Police say they confronted him and he resisted arrest, flailing his arms when they tried asking him about that video game. A leg sweep was used and the man fell to the floor, hitting his head and bleeding. The guy was not that's, fighting. That's I saw the whole thing. He literally just grabbed him, threw him on the ground. And also, he's an older guy. He couldn't get words out. He didn't. He wasn't responding. They were snapping him from. Like he was. He was almost out, man. There's nothing on the on the surface to indicate our officers did anything did it. Or, uh, inappropriate. You know, it's it's difficult when you're arresting that's not the a, uh, an individual because you don't know how that individual is going to act. That's the problem. And you know, sometimes you know. You, you, you know, as police officers, we deal with people that seem like they're going to be violent up front, and then it's, it's very passive arrest. And then other times we go to arrest people where it seems to be passive, and then it, it, it could go, go south very quickly. And the man involved is 54-year-old Gerald Newman. He was treated at a local hospital, and then he was booked into jail for resisting arrest and shoplifting. Oh Police tell us whenever a there is a use of force claim, there is always an investigation, but they tell us the officer involved is still out there on the streets. Again, we just talked to the police chief out here. He says he looked at the video and he believes nothing, uh, the officer's actions were justified. Again, that video only shows the very end of what happened. They even went into the Walmart to see if they could get the beginning of that incident, but they tell us uh, Walmart video cameras weren't recording or store surveillance cameras on Black Friday. didn't actually get what happened uh, when the officer confronted who they're calling a suspect. So, so on Black Friday, the busiest, craziest day in, uh, in history of shopping, their cameras just were not recording at Walmart. And, and another thing about that whole thing is that the guy didn't even leave the store. So, like, he was still in the store. In most cities, in most states, you're allowed to do whatever you want to with whatever product you have. Like, you can put it in your coat, you put it in your shirt. Until you leave the, the, the premises, like the front door, that's when it's considered shoplifting. So that's why they can't catch you. Like if you're fucking like, like a lot of people like even drink, like they open up a can of pop in the middle of the store and start drinking it, you know, in the store because they know they're going to the cashier to pay for it, mm -hmm. you know, and that that is the same thing where they're actually drinking the product, you know, or eating yeah. the product and stuff. And we're talking about like a $15 video game. So the, the Skyler said that when it happened, he was standing right next to the guy and the guy just like, you know, like when the cop was like, you know, hey, you're shoplifting the guy, the old man's like, no, I'm not. He puts his hands up and. And, 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 and instead of just grabbing this old man's or this dude's hand, he fucking leg sweeps him to the ground and cracks his skull. And he fucking and he's oh. still fucking resisting arrest. He's in jail or he, he's in jail for resisting arrest and shoplifting. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Walmart needs to be shot. And I, I'm, I'm glad we got to put this out. Yeah, so people can see it's, this. The, the Walmart part is sick and the cop part is sick. That guy should not be a cop. If that's the way you react, you should not be a fucking cop. For the most part, cops are cool. You know, for the most part, cops don't want to do shit like this. Cops would way rather have no incidents happen. But there's a, some dumb fucks that are cops. And when they're in a situation where they have to make a judgment call and their dumb fuck brain causes them to leg sweep some old man that is putting a video game, obviously, in his pants to hold on to his son or his grandson. That's just sad, man. That makes me sick.
Yeah. And but, the fact you know, that we, Walmart's lying about the fucking it's video. Fucking, it's just more police state bullshit. You know, it's just, there's, we're, we're too tense, man. People are too fucking tense, too riled up, too ready to go to battle, even right here at home. You know, a fucking old man, you leg sweep him. And you see that guy, the guy was so frail. Yeah. Just a, a regular old man, face planted, covered in blood. And his poor fucking grandson has to think about that. And he was just being silly and running away or not listening. And grandpa got swept and fucking knocked unconscious by some asshole cop. God damn, that makes me sick. Well, I'm glad your friend got that video, dude. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen now, though. He's uh, flying back very soon because he's like the lead witness. And so he's like, he actually interviewed uh, the, uh, the, the, the lawyers for, for the family. Like, uh, he went and interviewed really? uh, lawyers and found the best uh, police brutality lawyer that he could find. So he's been doing all this legwork for this family because he, if, he, if you saw this yourself and you saw the whole thing play down, you would, I mean, I, I, it made me angry. I didn't, even, I wasn't even there. So, so he's luckily Skyler's been kicking ass and just like helping his family out a lot. So they got him a good lawyer, and he's going back to, to do all that. Well, so. that's fucking awesome, man. Good for that guy. Good for that guy. And we had your boy uh, from Occupy LA here the other day. We only Yellow talked to him for five seconds. Yeah. yeah, Yellow Man. That's what he wants to call himself. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that his name or yours? Uh, he said he <laughs> likes it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his now. Yeah, he's going to be helping me out around the studio. So as soon as we get some sponsors, how and do stuff, you meet I'm that guy? Uh, he's actually friends with Sam. He went to college uh, with Sam Tripoli, and he's helped on the Naughty Show for a long time. And I, he's a he does animation, and uh, really, so I, he's done a lot of little sh- short things for um, Sam in the past. And I've just I've always kind of kept touch with that guy. He's a he's a good guy. We should just say who all those people out there that make those video clips. There's a lot of video clips that wind up being made out of rants from the podcast, and there's a bunch of animated clips that get made. Whoever whoever the fuck's doing that, it, it, all of you, whoever the people that are doing it, it, that is the coolest fucking thing. It's one of the coolest things about this podcast is finding little snippets and little little pieces that people have turned into videos and pieces that people have turned into cartoons. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. We're having a lot of fun. So um, if you uh, haven't subscribed to Death Squad, subscribe to Death Squad. It's on iTunes, and that's where you're going to get the uh, I, I, uh, Ice House Chronicles, which is a, a regular event here where we, uh, we have podcasts going on as the comedy show is going on, and we go back and forth, and it's a lot of fun. Except I heard a bunch of dudes were talking about how much money they made the other day, and everybody yeah. got annoyed at them. That was interesting, though. That was, that was to me, really interesting. Yeah, it was uh, well, Bert Kreischer and Steve Renazizi. Uh, because it, <clears throat> they're both on uh, cable channels, you know, ones on his uh, right. or whatever. Uh, F, what is it? What are they the on? League the league, and FX, and, and the other ones, the travel channel. travel channel. And so they were saying, you know, like uh, how much they made per episode, and we were all kind of betting. Like I, I totally was off. Uh, John Heffron was out of out in the blue. Like he had, he was uh-huh. he was so low that like John people was don't mad. like to hear that shit though. Yeah, it, but it, it is interesting. People to feel s- like you're bragging. You know, I, I, did, I didn't do it. Not you. I mean, <laughs> you but, you know, oh, yeah, you yeah. talk about your, your, oh, your salary. It, it did depress the, fu- depress the fuck out of me to think that, like, one of the, one of the I'm not even going to say who, one of the guys uh, was making per episode more than uh, almost as much as I make per year, which is just like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what? a great tick. <laughs> which one? <laughs> who cares? Folks, this fucking podcast is clearly over. Thanks for everything. Thanks for being you. Thanks for keeping it together. Thanks for staying in touch. Thanks for being a part of the resistance. 
I don't know what that means. Thanks for going to JoeRogan.net and clicking on the link for the Fleshlight. Because thanks to the Fleshlight for sponsoring this podcast. And you can get 15% off if you click on the link and enter in the code name Rogan. Thanks also to Onnit.com, creators of Alpha Brain, a cognitive enhancing sub- supplement that I enjoy and use. And also New Mood. I love New hey, Mood. It's great stuff, right? Yeah. Does it make you feel happy? Oh, dude, it's great. I need to get more of this shit. I got more. I'll give it to you. Okay. It's 5-HTP, which is really like a natural antidepressant, a um, pharmaceutical derivative. <clears throat> Um, uh, or rather, uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies will have, uh, you know, they'll have Prozac and Zoloft and all these different things. Excuse me, I'm coughing here. <clears throat> and they tell you to not take 5-HTP while you're taking this stuff because it's like taking two antidepressants. It's amazing, you know, when you really think about that. I mean, that it, first of all, why would a doctor tell you to do that when you could just go to a fucking GNC and buy your stuff? Why do I have to go to a... Right. Because they're in bed with the pharmaceutical companies. But that's neither here nor there. Go to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, and pick yourself up some new mood. You'll enjoy it. Also, we have um, Shroom Tech Sport, which is great for anybody that's into seriously working out. If you're not into, like, heavy-duty working out or you don't have anything really strenuous to do, leave that one alone. But if you do like working out, this Cordyceps Mushroom Supplement is an amazing supplement for, for endurance, for giving you energy for long workouts. It's good stuff, but it, and it's not a buzzy feeling. It's like a subtle, like, energy feeling. It's good stuff. And uh, as with all Onnit pro- products, there's a 100% money-back guarantee. If you don't like the stuff, it's not working for you. Just get your money back, son. And if you are into the stuff, you're into trying nootropics, you're fascinated about it, go online, do some research, check it out. And if you think that they're they're too expensive, the Onnit brands, please steal the ingredients and make steal your own Walmart. shit. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> steal the ingredients. Buy the ingredients separately in bulk and at a discount. Or go to Onnit.com and go to JoeRogan.net. Click on the link for Onnit Alpha Brain. Enter in the code name Rogan. Get yourself 10% off. Shazam, bitches. This has been a wonderful and enjoying podcast, but unfortunately, it's the only one that we're going to do this week. So we'll be back next Monday. And until then, sayonara, hasta la vista, and a big kiss because I love all you bitches. 